What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Yano yeah, No Ya. Yeah. In this one, we are joined yet again by our guest Keelan, aka Only Shallow. It was his third time on the podcast and we had a lot of great discussions. We talked about the Oscar winners as well as M. Night Shyamalan and his whole filmography. We discussed each film in it and we rank all of them at the end. It was a lot of fun. So don't forget in the description about the timestamps because we spoil all of his movies at some point in this episode. So if you're wanting to avoid spoilers, check out those. And look out for the link trees in the description of the episode if you want to find me or Liam's social media. And we'll include our guests' social media as well. Also, we do have a Patreon, so if you would like to support the show, big or small, it really helps us out. It helps us get the artwork for each episode done. You can find the link in the description of the episode and the description of the podcast. Speaking of patrons, I want to shout out Kath at Kath.Reviews, Julia at Moving underscore 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 pictures, Sarah's Popcorn Chat, Ardor Film, and Luna underscore 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 Pearl. All of them are on Instagram. Check them out. Thank you guys so much for your support. It really helps us out. It helps us get the artwork done, like we said, and improve on the podcast. Also, another option that we have if you weren't wanting to go through Patreon for a donation, there should be a link at the bottom of the description in both our podcast and each episode descriptions if you would like to go through Anchor and it gives you options to donate there. But yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy the episode. It was a lot of fun and let's get into it. Joined by our third time returning guest, Only Shallow. It's me. It's Only Shallow. Fan favorite, Only Shallow. Fan favorite. I had Chat GPT actually write you an introduction really quick. Oh, Jesus. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves for the show as we present to you an Irishman with a mighty glow, with a fierce deter <laughs> with a fierce determination and a fighting spirit so true. He's the one and only shallow here to entertain you. Wow. Hell yeah. That is great. Dude, they're better than us, like by far. That's I could never have thought of that. I would never AI have thought will that. take over, they're just better. <laughs> Bear is like the fucking kid from the visit. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. Well, we were talking about, because the last episode, it was kind of a, a shit show in terms of <laughs> what I thought could work with uh, cramming in all the movies and all the music that we talked about. It was way too long. So we're going to go back to talking about what we've been watching quickly before we get to the real deal, the real show. Yeah. While Liam was slaving <laughs> away at the computer, I was having a nice spring break just binging movies. Yeah. I, I feel bad. I can just do the ones that I think are worth talking about. Yeah, well, let's just go Liam, then me, then Keelan, until we run out. I rewatched Spy Kids. <laughs> I was just in the mood, I guess, and uh, it was good. Yeah, it's still good. It's still fun. It's a yeah. 7 out of 10. Goofy action, dumb shit, but it's hilarious. But yeah, 7 out of 10 on rewatch. It's not perfect, but it's fun. I watched, because our theater only has two screens at a time, this was a movie that we had for like three weeks, because it was bringing all the old people in town to see it. Uh, it's called Jesus Revolution. I don't know <laughs> what the why fuck I wanted to see it. It's a, yeah, it's You've a new movie. You've seen this between you and Chandra, yeah. 
I didn't know what yeah, this was. Yeah, we're like the only people that have been watching it because little Midwest town here just got it. <laughs> it came out this year. It was actually decent. I gave it a three out of five. It's like, it's not like a super faith-based movie or anything. It's like a biopic about when like in the 70s, the hippie movement kind of moved into like the religious communities and just how they dealt with that. And it was, uh, it kind of gave me licorice pizza vibes, weirdly enough. <laughs> like just, there was like a love story, which those characters, it just felt like that. So it was all right. It was decent. Well, I, I, I might just fucking get rid of the rewatches. So I'll just start with... At the beginning of the month, I watched The Quick and the Dead for the first time. It's fucking awesome. It is so good. I fucking loved every minute of it. Like, it, it's just great actors fucking acting great. And it's a really simple Western story, but it's very satisfying. It's got Sharon Stone, fucking Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio, Keith David, fucking Russell Crowe. It's, it's, it's great. I loved it. Nine out of ten. My next one was a rewatch of The Last Jedi. And... I rewatched that while I was like quite high again, just because I like felt like I want to rewatch all of these while I'm in that state of mind for some reason. Because like <laughs> I watched The Force Awakens while I was like that, and it was so so good. This time watching The Last Jedi, I was like really fidgety the entire time. The movie wasn't like pulling me in quite as much as it like did the first time or anything. I don't know if it was just me, but I kept like messing with my TV settings because I was like, that's not meant to look like that. This looks too dark. I was just like freaking out and I'm like, why does Luke look so dark right now? And I was, See, like, you're just realizing the true flaws of the movie in that right. state of mind. There are no flaws in Last Jedi. No flaws. Perfect movie. I gave it a 9 out of 10 on rewatch. I think I gave it a 10 when like I watched it for the second time in theaters, maybe. Yeah, this time around, there were some noticeable flaws. I really still, like everyone says, I don't like the casino planet that much it's not like totally bad or anything but like i'm not a fan the main one is that finn should have died absolutely should have died for and sure that part oh, yeah, pisses yeah. me off so much but <laughs> other than that great movie i love it in the theater then sometimes we can reserve you know little private showings for us and it was my turn for a movie night to show Chandra a movie and I picked Taxi Driver because she hasn't seen it in years and I and she liked it so that's good it's my you know favorite movie of all time at the moment obviously five out of five nothing more I can say about Taxi Driver I haven't already said it's just I got to see it on the theater for the first time though so that was cool so next movie um I have here um Mithrigan I watched Mithrigan, Mithrigan. I quite liked Ugh. it Mithrigan I quite liked it <laughs> it was it was, pre- it was pretty fun like it was kind of like it was I feel like you have to clarify bad, but... for some people, please. <laughs> Mithrigan. Megan. That's Megan the name, is the movie. Megan. <laughs> Megan. But yeah, Mithrigan. Megan starts off like really bad. It started off like horribly. And I was just like, oh no, this is going to be fucking dog shit. But as it goes on, it becomes more fun and more goofy. And I liked it. The last half hour fucking slaps. It is. Like the especially last the whole. Awesome. The whole glove thing. I fucking love that. That was so fucking goofy. Mm-hmm. My next one was. Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths by Alejandro Iñárritu. (laughs) You know, the guy who made Birdman and The Revenant, beautiful. Um, Those are the only other ones I've seen from him. (laughs) I I have no (laughs) fucking idea what to say about this at all. Like, I don't know what it even is. It's like two and a half hours long. I don't know what the fuck it was. Like, it's it's like pretentious. It's extremely mm. pretentious, but like I've heard that. there are there are many many good things about it. Namely the cinematography is fucking fantastic. It's just sort of this movie that feels like him trying to like get a lot of his thoughts out 
about like you know basically coming from like a foreign country and then being like big in america and then going back to that country afterwards and like not feeling like you're at home basically so it's sort of like an exploration of that but it's so many different things outside of that too and it just goes on forever and there's so many things that are just like thrown at you and weird imagery and you're just like what the fuck is this but (laughs) i thought it was a bit too much personally I i didn't really love it but i respect what it is for him i guess it, yeah. it is very strange how it just came out and no one saw it. Like, yeah, really, like a fucking... I didn't even know about it until you talked about it. Yeah, and it's like it's produced by like Netflix and shit. Like they, yeah, uh, that's a big director at this point too. The one thing that I can wow. like say that I found really kind of almost insulting about it is just that Darius Konji is the cinematographer, and like you can very much tell that like Alejandro basically just turned him into Emmanuel Lebesky. Like, because with the, like, he shot The Revenant and Birdman, and mm. that has such, like, distinctive cinemato- cinematography. It's, like, beautifully done. Darius Konji did not get to put his own, like, trademark on this film or anything like that. He literally mm. just turns into Emmanuel Lebesky. It's like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's Weird. kind of annoying as well, Weird. because Darius Konji has shot, like, a lot of great movies, but... Oh, yeah. Mm. But either way... Huh weird fucking movie i don't know what to say about it really (laughs) well i after taxi driver the day after that i watched peter rabbit 2 fucking Uh, yeah i yeah i saw i loved it (laughs) hell yeah was that your first time my first time yeah it was my first time with peter rabbit 2 we're not doing a peter rabbit episode (laughs) i know we don't have to but look the first peter rabbit movie the only things I don't like about it is James Corden and, like, you know, his parts are kind of cringy. Where it really, like, thrives is in Dom Hall Gleason and Rose Byrne. They are just, they're dynamic uh, together. They're, like, romance and the comedy. It's just spot on. Dom Hall Gleason is fucking hilarious in these movies. Like, he has me laughing every scene he's in. I think both of these movies had the same directors and the same, like, same director and same writer. So the second movie felt, like just right after the first one, the same mm-hmm. things I liked about it. And I was happy with it. It's a uh, just family friendly, fun <laughs> movie. I'll, I'll check it out one uh, day. But even in the second movie, they even acknowledge how James Corden's voice is annoying. Like that's a running joke in the movie. So at least <laughs> they're acknowledging it. And it, that made it even better. And, yeah, it's just people love the Paddington movies, but these have like similar vibes, in my opinion. Like the Peter Rabbit movies are similar to Paddington, but nobody else will agree with me on that. So no, I can see it. Check it out. I can see it having similar vibes. I can. Yeah, it's wholesome. It, like the message at the end of the day. Anyway, just check it out if you're in the mood for that. So yeah, nine out of ten. <laughs> Peter Rabbit too. I, I I saw the Fablemans. I I fucking loved it. I thought it was one mm-hmm. of the best films of last year. I was shocked by how much I fucking loved it. Like it's not going to win over any like. You know, I don't think it went over like Liam, like who doesn't really like modern Spielberg, but it is like such a fucking heartbreaking and fucking inspirational almost story about, you know, Spielberg's childhood and how he came to become a filmmaker. And it's just so gorgeously shot, fucking brilliantly acted. Like one thing I was shocked about is that the kid, the kid who plays like Spielberg's avatar or whatever, didn't get like an Oscar nomination because he was fucking amazing. I thought he was like so good in it. But yeah, no, I, I fucking adored it is one of my favorite films last year and i will give it a 10 out of 10 i loved it my next one was the happening but we'll talk about that later i'm sure (laughs) yeah you can just move on it's all good um i'll just lump these two together because i have a lot more to go and they're kind of similar back to back i watched two different 
Jack Nicholson movies from the 70s just randomly felt like it, and they were both fucking great. First one is called Five Easy Pieces. It feels like nothing really happens in the movie, but you get attached to the characters, and like by the end of it, the messages underlying it. I don't even want to talk about it because it might be spoiling it, so I won't go into it, but it's a very good movie. Jack Nicholson was awesome. And then I also watched The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's it was hilarious. It's got like, Den, uh, what is his name? Randy Quaid and he's hilarious too <laughs> yeah so it's really good um i definitely recommend both i gave five easy pieces a 10 out of 10 and then last detail a 9 out of 10 so really good classic movies i watched triangle of sadness i fucking hated it you I, did I, not I hate it, it. <laughs> i did i i the more you i think about the it the more i like fucking I hated it the, the I didn't like the, I didn't like the first third either. The first really? third was just kind of like uh, the first third is basically them getting into an, into an argument over who's paying for dinner or whatever, and I just thought it was just really fucking annoying. But the middle section is fucking great. The middle, middle section is the best. so so good. I like, did like the first though. I thought the the first was actually quite good. Like the dialogue, I actually kind of liked. I, I wasn't everyone. too big a fan of it. Like the last twenty minutes or half an hour of the second section is like one of my favorite things from any movie last year yeah. it's so much fun it's great <laughs> the third section just completely fucks it up oh, it is so so bad it is like oh it, it brought the whole movie down and like when it yeah. ended i just had such a sour taste in my mouth i think i gave it a five out of ten at first but like thinking about it more i dropped it to a four out of ten could probably go down even further but it might just stay there it's very much in the middle for me right now and so after Triangle of Sadness, I went to see Creed 3. I, I got really big into the Rocky movies a few a few months ago. Like, I, there's not <laughs> yeah, one I of them that. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I, fuck, I fucking love Rocky, man. Rocky's fucking great. Creed 3 is just another Rocky movie. It's really good. Like, there's a Rocky formula, and it uses it, but the Rocky formula works every time, and it's just really fucking fun. One interesting thing about it, I read beforehand that Michael B. Jordan said, like, the fight scenes had, like, an anime influence to them. The man was not joking. <laughs> All the shit. fight scenes are so animation of fucking it was so good it was great not to get too off topic but did you see though that he's announcing a creed verse like a creed cinematic yeah. universe in which there's creed, going to be an animated creed movie anime, as well yeah. in there yeah and then a movie about his know. daughter <laughs> i don't know about that i'll watch them because i like rocky now as long as they all follow the formula they're all good. <laughs> the ccu the creed cinematic universe <laughs> i can't wait to see rocky in animated form my next one was uh, just a rewatch of the big lebowski because i needed it it's my happy comfort movie and i needed it <laughs> and of course it's a five star once again so Hell that's yeah. about it i'm gonna lump these next several together because they're all by the same director and i binged them all together so i rewatched 12 angry men i just randomly felt like going through Sidney lumet's filmography a bit so i rewatched 12 angry men obviously five out of five I that movie's amazing it's one still of the best movies it. ever oh, it's just also it's still perfect. gotta watch it it's one of the most perfect perfectly crafted movies i've ever seen and then i watched the verdict by Sidney lumet also another great like court drama movie by him I gave it a 9 out of 10, so it's not quite perfect, but Paul Newman was awesome. Uh, just everything about it. I, I don't know how to really describe some of these, but just you gotta see him. And then, speaking of, you can't see it in the video, but Keelan's picture. Hell yeah. I watched Dog Day <laughs> Afternoon. I rewatched it, because it was always fluctuating between a 9 and a 10, but I rewatched it, and I was like, this is an absolute 
fucking 10. This movie's amazing. It's just, it's one of the best bank heist movies ever. At, the, at this point, it's in my top five favorite movies. I fucking love Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, and then the fourth Sidney Lumet movie I watched after that was Serpico, another Al Pacino movie with Sidney Lumet. The plot itself, I was like, whatever. I mean, it, it's interesting enough, but... The character is what carries it, and it was he was good enough for me to give it a 9 out of 10, so I loved all of these movies, and it's just, he's one of the best directors. I've got three left, but they're all Shyamalan. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, okay, <laughs> well, then we'll just, you do two, I'll do two, and let's knock these out. <laughs> okay, yeah. so my first one is Scream 6. I, um, I, I'm a huge Scream fan, I love Scream, I love all of them, even 3, which is really bad, but I still get a lot of enjoyment out of it, and 6 is no, no different, I really like Scream 6. I like it slightly more than the last one and i can see why a lot of people are kind of getting tired of it but at this stage i'm just like nah I, i'm i'm still in it i'm still really enjoying it i was really skeptical about this one but you know it, it proved me wrong and i'm very happy it did really enjoyed it after that i watched one of liam's favorite movies moon and i Ooh. fucking loved it yeah yes, it, finally it, finally I, I loved it, but, like, I think the ending was kind of weak, but everything leading up to that was, like, Wrong. so... I, I, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect it to be, like, a borderline horror movie. Like, it's one of the scariest films I've seen in a yeah. fucking while. Like, it fucking just... Like, the main thing in the movie I didn't know about before watching it, so I won't say much about it, but, like, that just freaked me the fuck out. And there's, like, a video call scene which just fucking broke me yeah it's and, just yeah <laughs> unbelievably good i think i didn't expect it to be that scary but yeah it's great i watched my first john waters movie multiple maniacs that Kilo was the first one i watched i haven't you seen know? multiple maniacs but i love john waters i loved it i can tell that i'm gonna like his weird fucked up movies i mean i just from what i've seen from like pink flamingos and red about him i i knew i would probably like this and uh yeah multiple maniacs is just it's crazy it's kind of it's really low budget black and white just that was like an artistic choice i guess but uh i think yeah maniacs was after pink flamingos anyway so oh i think so. i thought it was like one of his first this was uh 1970 this okay movie. no pink flamingos so, was after no it was really like rough around the edges but it was it was funny it was just fucking absurd in like every way yeah i gave it a nine out of ten which is probably pretty high but I had fun with it. And then I watched this comedy from 1982 called Eating Raul. It was okay. I, I thought this was like a kind of a cult classic comedy. Wanted to like it more. It's basically about this couple that is like struggling for money and then they end up finding a way to like lure people, lure people to their apartment and like knock them out and then kill them. And it's so bizarre. It's so weird, but like it's kind of funny. So yeah, I gave it a three out of five. It's nothing special. I'll just knock another one out real quick. I watched The Village and we'll talk about it later. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> After Moon, I watched The Quiet Girl, which is was the Irish foreign film no nomination this year. I really want to watch and that. And Irish bias aside, I'm proud that this film came from my country, but it is fucking perfect. I I've I read the book in in school, like we had to read it as part of our English class. Oh. And while I was watching it, most of the story was coming back to me. But I feel like it works better as a film because, like, the cinematography is, like, fucking... Oof. It is, like, some of the best of last year, and it's criminal that it wasn't even recognized as that. But it's just, like, a beautiful little story. Like, the acting is all great. It's only 90 minutes as well, so you could just probably knock it out one day. But it's it's brilliant. I loved it. I gave it a 10 out of 10. And then nice. I watched Cocaine Bear, and it sucked. It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it was it was really bad it was just like fucking you know it's it's what you'd expect it's snakes yeah. on a plane in 2023 nowhere near as insane as it suggests or that it think thinks it is it's more of just like a sitcom with a killer bear that's on a loose it's still just such a weird thing to me because like i i knew about the entire story that it's based on from watching like charlie watch like documentaries yeah. about it it's like a wacky story like it's interesting and all that but it's like mm. a whole movie about it the real story just accounts for like the first scene and the fact that the cocaine bear takes cocaine and that's like the first five minutes <laughs> yeah. so like the, the rest obviously is fiction because in real life the bear just died after like a couple of hours or so yeah didn't kill anyone <laughs> well it was shandra's turn for movie night so she picked little miss sunshine i fucking loved it my second time i remember watching this as a kid and i don't remember much from it but it's just so wholesome it's so funny the cast is amazing the characters are so memorable this is like maybe the best movie family i've seen on screen like just their dynamic it's got paul dano steve carell it's great yeah oh you've seen it too yeah yeah it's okay it's i couldn't think of anything bad about it so i gave it five out of five it just it's a feel-good fun movie uh and then i watched randomly i don't even i don't know why i watched it but i watched 10 things i hate about you uh that's a good movie plus it's good but i didn't i was it it was such like a talked about movie that i've never seen and i kind of begrudgingly watched it i was like fine let me finally watch this shit so it can stop like popping up for me on movies i haven't seen and no it was good gave it a three and a half out of five it was funny nothing much to it for me though but in here real quick and say that i watched the visit today (laughs) and uh, we'll talk about that later as you would. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the last movie I've got to talk about is Evil Dead. Not the Evil Dead, but Evil Dead, the remake. I rewatched it the other night because, you know, Evil Dead Rise is coming out next month and I'm excited for that. So I just put it on, see if I liked it anymore, and I did. I really, really loved it the second time around. Like, there's still some stuff in it that's just so shitty. But overall, I think it is, like, as good a, a remake of Evil Dead as you can do. And at th- at this point, I don't even consider it a remake. I just kind of consider it canon within the Evil Dead franchise. And it works just that way. But there's so much good shit about it. I love Jane Levy in it. The last half an hour is perfect. It's some of my favorite Evil Dead stuff. No, I, I, I just love that movie. I give it an 8 out of 10 on rewatch. I think I give it a 4 out of 10 the first time. So, big bump up. But yeah, I was surprised with how much I liked it the second time. I've seen it multiple, multiple times, and I just can't... I think the characters are just so stupid. They just make the dumbest decisions. The characters are kind of shitty, but, like, who remembers any character from the original Evil Dead's apart from Ash? (laughs) That's true, but that's why I think Ash... Ash was, like, the glue that held those movies together, because he was, like, the personality that, like, gave it its fun vibe to me the evil dead movies were always campy fun rather than serious horror movie and i feel like the reboot tried to make it serious horror movie and if you took the title evil dead away and just replaced it with anything else i wouldn't hmm. even have known the difference to be honest it has its fan base i know I, I i agree it's definitely more of a serious attempt at a horror movie but like the second time around i was noticing how it did try to capture some of the camp of the originals it's not as obvious like, a lot of the dumb shit in it was really funny, like, in a genuine way, I found. And, like, a lot of the gore is fucking so, so good. Like, there's a scene yeah. from the trailer that's, you know, in the movie that is just etched into my mind. Like, when I was 13, I saw the trailer. It's like she licks a razor blade. That has been stuck in my mind <laughs> since I was a fucking child. Just thinking about oh. licking a razor blade now. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, it's not yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, I watched Shazam! Fury of the Gods. 
because we got it in our theater and it was all right it was better than i thought it was gonna be it's a step down from the first shazam like just barely it's your typical superhero movie it's fun it's kind of funny the family is what holds these movies together for me just like that kind of emotional core to it but other than that it was kind of generic predictable just your average superhero movie i gave it a three out of five not bad though the last movie apart from the two Shyamalans i rewatched after this which we'll talk about oh, yeah, i watched i rewatched re- re- the sixth sense <laughs> oh Move yeah on. there you go there you go that's it <laughs> i rewatched unbreakable that was my well last done <laughs> uh and then i did watch scream six people probably hate me but i watched it having only seen the first two screams scream one and scream two that's silly (laughs) but but i did watch a video because i didn't really care Uh, to be honest the first scream classic for a reason it was you know ahead of its time it was one of a kind it did the thing well scream two i didn't really like and then i just kind of didn't watch the rest but I, i did watch scream six knowing everything else that happened for me scream from what i've seen it kind of just has the same formula every movie and i'm not really a fan of it i gave it a two out of five i really just did not enjoy it but i'm i'm just not a fan of the franchise it was kind of i've, just o- a, I've only I've seen re-watched. one and that's enough for me for now we'll get oh to and it then eventually. yeah <laughs> no we won't <laughs> And then I rewatch Glass and the Visit, but we'll talk about those. Now we're done. All right, well, do we want a quick talk Oscars since it happened? Me and Keelan basically watched them together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was drunk. I, I, did, I didn't know that. We were just sort of Snapchatting back and forth while I had it, like, while I was editing the last episode, I had it, yeah. like, on a separate screen while I was doing it. Okay, well, I figured I would quick name off the category and then the winner and say, do we, did they deserve it or not? Okay, best sound, Top Gun Maverick. Did it deserve it? Yeah. Fair yeah. enough, yeah. Why not? I guess, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to be I, like this for a lot of them, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, to... uh, best film editing. Everything ever all at once. Yeah, yeah it was It was a given. Deserved it. It had a lot of editing, so it was going to win. Okay, best makeup and hairstyling. The Whale. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes, but Batman I think it was did. better. I think the makeup uh, was better. Maybe. I mean, Colin Farrell was unrecognizable, so I guess, but... I guess the Batman has, like, more to do in that regard than this did, but, mm. like, I guess it was still really That's impressive true too. how they did it. I'm not taking anything away from the whale, I think the fat suit looked, like, really <laughs> good. Like, one of my big worries is that it was going to be very distracting while watching it, but I didn't feel that. Yeah. All right, best animated <laughs> short film, I guess, I don't know, has it, didn't any of us watch any of those? No. The no, I, I haven't seen I watched any. My Year of Dicks, that was really good. <laughs> well, <laughs> the fox and the yeah the boy the mole and the fox and whatever that one it best original screenplay everything ever all at once yeah, yeah. should have gone to Banshee. i would say so i, I mean say th- there it. are plenty of others that like didn't get nominated for any oscars that i could go on about but i'm not gonna mm. go there best adapted screenplay women talking hell oh, no yeah did not deserve it quid did not like <laughs> this that movie one. was it was not good man it was not a good movie yeah best director the the daniels Yes, very happy about that. Yeah, I don't really Mm -hmm. like it when like directors or actors like win stuff like this early in their career. Like, I really want to see someone like put in time and like you know continuously be good before they get an award like this. But Mm -hmm. oh well. Best animated feature: Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I really want to watch that. I really want to watch it too. It should have been Marcel the Show. I haven't seen any of them, so I can't even speak on it really. But I do want to see Pinocchio for sure. Marcel Lachelle and Puss in Boots are both fucking great. Keelan didn't even watch the first Puss in Boots cringe. And you don't need to. Oh. Like Scream. Pathetic. <laughs> See? I was about to... 
Puss in Boots 1 uh, is Kino, all right? This is like my, my Peter Rabbit, all right? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. We all have when our own Peter Rabbit. When you watch Puss in Boots 2, we'll talk, man. Best Supporting Actor, Ki-Hu Kwan. Yes. Yeah. Very deserved, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. I think so. That was so I, cool, getting to see him come up and reunite with uh, Harrison Ford, Harrison. by the way. I, I yeah. liked that part. That was kind of touching. I was very if you've happy seen, for you him. know that movie. Best Original Song, Natu Natu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only said that because I know that Keelan liked it. Otherwise, I would have skipped over that. Honestly. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Best Actor, Brendan Fraser. Hell Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I went to Colin Farrell. Man. I, he was he my was second good. choice. He was very much Yeah, he was second my second choice. choice, too. But, I mean, Brendan, it, like... There was no chance he wasn't going to win it, and he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, he totally did. Best production design, All Quiet on the Western Front. Haven't seen it. I'm Peter sure. Vine. I'm sure it's good. Best costume design, Black Panther. I, I mean, I mean it should have been. I'm indifferent to that. That that it had decent costumes. It I has mean, it has good costumes, good. absolutely, but I don't think it was the best. Or what I saw of Babylon, like that looked like it had great costume design. Shit, even Elvis, like even Elvis could have. Elvis had good, that. good costumes. It but... did. Best cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front. It won so many awards this movie, and I haven't seen it, so... You know what should have won? The Northmen? Men, maybe? I don't Dude, know. Dude, yeah, where are those? Where's the Northmen exactly. in any of this? The that could have won adapted screenplay, maybe, because it was based off a of fucking Hamlet, right? I still think I it would have been an original screenplay. Fun. It is weird how it got nominated for nothing. Best visual effects, Avatar, The Way of Water. Keelan likes that movie quite a lot. We don't. Well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, I love Avatar too, but I, I see why people don't like it. I mean, it feels like Everything Everywhere was the most impressive because, like, it was a really small team, wasn't it? None of them were VFX artists and they just learned off YouTube. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. And it had better effects than any Marvel movie <laughs> lately. The Way of Water, like, there was a lot of time that went into it, so I can respect yeah. that. It's probably the best thing yeah. about the movie for me. Yeah. So. Like, I don't is. think anyone can deny with that movie. It just looks great. No. Even it does if you look don't great. Vibe with the visuals. Or, it does. Not, yeah. If you don't vibe with the story or the acting or whatever. It just looks visually good. Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis. No, no. that was... My God, no. that was surprising. No. Now, you want to know why they gave it to her is because she's never won an Oscar and this is her last yeah. chance. So yep. this was a legacy win. This is like a here you go. Thanks yes, for absolutely. sticking with us. I love Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. I think she's great, but like... No, should have been Carrie Condon or should have been Stephanie. Su- um, yeah. not not Stephanie Zoo. Sue. Yeah. Carrie Condon she was, or fucking. No, she was great. Mm. Hong Chao. Mm. Hong Chao. Yeah. Mm. Hong Chao mm. was great. Stephanie Sue yeah. was like one of my least favorite parts of Everything Everywhere, but like I still think that her performance was decent, but not Oscar worthy. Yeah. Same as Jamie Lee Curtis. Best actress Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah. Who else was yeah, nominated in that? Kate Blanchett, uh, the mom from Fablemans. What's her name? Michelle Williams. She was yeah. really good too. Yeah, and then even Anna de Armas for Blonde, she was nominated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was no <laughs> chance she hey. was going to win. No, nah, there's no chance. I'm not surprised it didn't win because it kind of makes Hollywood look shitty and they don't want to make themselves look shitty. So Why'd they nominate yeah. it? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, because it's like a Marilyn Monroe biopic, it's totally like Oscar. I want to say Oscar bait, but I actually like the movie. So, uh, okay, last one. Best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, I'm very happy with it, but it should have been Banshees. I would have been happy with either, yeah. I don't think I was rooting for any of them, really, like, to a high degree. Like, I I didn't really think any of them were, like, best picture worthy, but regardless, Everything Everywhere is probably, like, one of the best ones in there. And Banshees. For sure. I'm surprised, well, I guess I don't know if I should be surprised The Whale didn't get a best picture nomination. And Triangle of Sadness did. (laughs) (laughs) Triangle of Sadness did, and fucking Avatar did, and did Elvis. I think Elvis did. And Top Gun. A Top Gun would have would have been good. 
I would have liked Top Gun win. <laughs> I would have laughed so hard. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, time for the main course. Shyamalama Ding Dong. We're going to be talking about one of the most divisive directors ever, but also one of my favorites, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. That's what my dad calls him. I think that's yeah. what my mom used to call him as well, yeah. Really? My, <laughs> Why? What my, is it with parents calling him that? My dad has his own thing. Like, he, he always does, like, the whole Muppets thing. Like, whenever I say M. Night Shyamalan, he goes, like, do, 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 do. What? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It, it's, it was like a Muppet thing, but yeah. So whenever he, we talk about him, he has to do that because he's a dad. Well, I thought before we like actually get into his movies, we could just quick general thoughts on him, like what we think of him. When I was younger, I saw The Last Airbender. I don't think we're going to talk about much about that in this episode because I can't remember much of it, but I hated that when I saw it. I think it was like one of the first films where I watched it and I was like, this isn't a good movie. And I know this isn't a good movie, but why am I not liking it? But then throughout the years, like, you know, everyone was saying like, oh, he's a shit director. He's a hack director or whatever. So I kind of latched onto that idea and I didn't really see any of his movies until like I was 17 or 18. And at this point, having watched like most of his films in like the past month or two, I would probably call him one of my favorite directors as well. I think he's such an interesting and talented director. And even if he makes a bad movie, I'm still going to be interested in it. And I think mm-hmm. that's something like very unique about him. When he make when he makes a good movie, it's fucking great. But when he makes a bad movie, it's usually just like horrifically, hysterically bad. It's like I love Quinn that says, like it, it's always just like an event whenever he makes a new movie. It is. It is. It's a cultural yeah. event. Like everybody set, talks about it. Like, oh, the new M. Night movie. So it's like <laughs> yeah. always exciting whenever he drops a movie. Oh, it really is. Because you're like, it is. Is it, it's like rolling dice. It's like gambling. You know, is it going to be good or bad? Oh, shit. No, it's bad. I'm always going to be excited <laughs> for a new M. Night movie. I've, even people that hate him are excited for his movies. So like that's like without even wanting to admit it, they are. So that's what's kind of interesting about him. But The Last Airbender, your first Shyamalan movie then? It was. Oh, wow. I, I have the very opposite experience. I grew up, you know, with like mainly my dad having seen his early stuff and then he showed it to me. So like his best stuff, like Sixth Sense, Signs, Unbreakable, those are my mm. first movies. And I thought like this guy is incredible. He can do no wrong. So like I had already loved him before I'd even seen any of his bad movies. So then when I did see his bad movies, I didn't hate him for it at all. I was like, yeah, that just wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah, he's the most hit or miss director like almost ever, ever. but he's also one of the most creative directors ever. So got to give him that. I'll say this about M. Night. There are, I've, I looked one night, I looked through like my one out of tens, my 10 out of tens, and there are only three directors who I've given both a 10 out of 10 and a one out of 10 to, and M. Night is one of them. Same and here. I love that. I think same here. <laughs> yeah. I really cannot remember like the first M. Night movie that I saw, but I think it was The Sixth Sense. A long, long time ago, it would have been ages, but I remember seeing that and like thinking it was good, nothing too special. And then a few years later, probably I watched Signs and then Unbreakable, and that sort of just went from there. He he is like yeah, just extremely hit or miss, honestly. And I think that like the running thing with him that I really don't like is his dialogue. I think that it's just something <laughs> it's the... that is. It, like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's a quirk and like you expect it every time you go in but like it still shocks you how bad it can be sometimes <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah i mean regardless he's a creative director i think it's just mm-hmm. you know it doesn't always work out that's for sure the writing thing is the quirk that i've actually come to like for the most part sometimes i do sometimes i don't if it's if it's in a movie that i'm really enjoying and liking and like some weird line comes out of nowhere i'm just like oh m night come on like just you're taking me out of it basically <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, let's just get right into her. So we're gonna go in order of release date. If one of us has seen the movie, we could talk about it. Otherwise, we'll move on. Uh, so none of us have seen his first two movies, right? Praying with Anger or Wide Awake. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, okay. but I'd like Good. to. Uh, yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, his career kind of starts with The Sixth Sense. That's just always what I think. I rewatched it right before this episode, so I'm ready to go. I watched it for the first time like a month ago. My, um, I went into Sixth Sense obviously knowing the twist. <laughs> Basically, throughout the whole film, I felt like I was kind of rewatching it, and I feel like that was a very unique experience for me, so I don't feel like knowing the twist detracted from the film for me. And I, I, I fucking adored it. I thought it was like one of the most heartbreaking fucking films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it is just constant, just gut wrenching fucking emotion. And I think he's really good at that, especially in his first couple. Of, well, everything after Signs, I'm not, not after Signs, after Six Sense. Sorry, up to like Signs in the Village. I think he's very good at making an emotional story with characters that you care about. Yeah. And yeah, Six Sense is like the prime example of that. Like I said, I hadn't seen it in like so many years and I, I remembered like you know specific things about it basically but like you know remembering what the twist was now which i won't get into or anything like i kept noticing like all these like seeds that were like planted throughout the movie like to build up to that or whatever and i was like this is actually like really smartly put together like it's mm-hmm. yeah it's just great like i cannot believe how smart the writing is and like how emotional it can be on top of that i'll say about the seeds though I, I felt really smart for noticing a lot of them. I was like, oh yeah, that's really fucking clever. I love that. I love that. And I was thinking about like people watching it for the first time. But then like they show like a lot of the seeds at the end when they reveal it. Like uh, they have kind of like a flashback thing. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And I, I mean, but, but like it's the, not like as bad as I, I remember I read like what you wrote about it basically, but I didn't think it was as bad and it didn't like take me out of it or anything. Oh I no, I, I like it. Oh no, 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 like, no this that. is great. I actually yeah, no, like it, that they do that because then you watch those moments over again and you're like, oh yeah, that makes fucking sense. Like, or I never now it makes sense. But they don't show like, you. They don't show you every single one of them though. I was like really right. interested no, yeah. in some like subtle just, like, moments where I was like, oh that hints like when they're that. in the dinner, the restaurant, yeah, and the like she grabs like the, the thing one. and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's little stuff like that was kind of cool to see because then it it makes you want to rewatch it with that context and like hmm. understand you know so. Um, I don't remember if I watched it knowing the twist or not. I think I watched it at such a young age. I don't even remember if I knew the twist at the time I, I saw I would have it, known but, the twist. But either way, like you said, without the twist or not, it's still an amazing like experience. And that's hard to do as well. Like hard it for it to really, like, yeah. hold up in that way. It's probably like the biggest twist since, you know darth vader being luke's father like it has to be the biggest twist oh come on dude come on dude what What the hell oh i'm sorry for those trapped in 19 fucking 80 whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever that came out i I can't really talk about it without spoiling it (laughs) spoilers for the sixth sense there we go i gave the bruce willis was a ghost all along he was (laughs) he was dead the whole time he was dead the whole time dude at the time though like that reveal had to have been like so groundbreaking for like somebody to do that for an entire movie and then reveal that at the end like yeah. that's why they called him like the modern hitchcock this movie alone got him that title for a while mm. at least all of the best hallmarks of a fil- of his films you can see in the sixth sense yeah like the character the characters are all so fucking great like even tony collette as the mother oh, i think tony she's collette like- is amazing she yeah. is fantastic in it. Haley Joel Osment, he it's like the best child performance ever. I was about to He's say, like, good. do we really? think this is the best child performance ever? Because it probably is. 
Uh, has to be. Uh, you ever seen Ed Oxenbald in The Visit? Excuse me. We'll oh, to you're right. Oh, my God. How did I forget him? Our prodigy. Our prodigy. Speaking of, like, the ending and all of that, one, one thing I've heard a lot of people say is, like, how dark and depressing it is. But, like, when I watched it for the first time, I didn't feel that at all. I felt it was, like, a more more of a hopeful thing. Like, him mm. realizing that he's dead wasn't, like, a, oh, shit, I'm dead type thing. It's like, oh, I'm learning to let go now. And mm. I can finally leave my wife. She, like, she's going to be in peace. At the very end, like, when he goes to her and, like, she, he pick, doesn't he pick up the ring? His ring falls off. Liam? Oh, I thought it was her ring. Sorry. No, because he's a ghost. But like, but yeah. So, so when when he's saying goodbye to her at the end, I thought like I was tearing up during that scene. I thought it was so beautiful and so hopeful. I was so tearing up on. during the scene between Tony Collette and her son in the car. Oh yeah, that fucked me up. No, like this I, time I around, I was just that, like, oh my god. And Tony Collette's performance in that scene, fuck man. Like she goes from just disbelief to just like the emotions mm-hmm. just overcome her, and you can just see it as the scene progresses. Yeah. Like she realizes, yeah. oh my son isn't a fucking psychopath. Like he actually can see this these things, and I yeah. think that scene is important as well because a lot of the ghosts that we do see in the movie are like almost demonic figures that are out to get him and him talking about his grandmother that like not all ghosts are evil basically like he was yeah, just it's talking like to his grandmother for both of them mm-hmm. yeah yeah. No, exactly. God was so beautiful and so well done. Even Bruce Willis's performance, which like he's never given like such an amazing performance in my mind, other than maybe this and Unbreakable. Like he's just so good with what he's given in this movie. Like all of them, he's all of them carry this fucking movie. I think for me, is spot on. For me, it's Unbreakable more than this. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's there's probably like a bias there. Maybe regardless, maybe, he's yeah, still but... great in the sixth sense. Uh, and no cringy writing at all in this movie. He did call that like dude that his wife was seeing a cheese dick. I found that pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> It was, yeah. It wasn't yeah, cringy, but it was, his, it was pretty It wasn't funny. cringy, but it was like, he his much brain needed like sprinkles of comic relief. He yeah. knew where to put his comic relief, as opposed to his later movies where he just fucking throws it everywhere, dashes yeah. it all over. Was it meant to be comic relief? I thought that was after the scene where like he Maybe s- not. sees them kissing or something. I think calling, I, I think saying the words cheese dick is like comic <laughs> relief as it is. Like, it's just funny. I didn't take that seriously. I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, he is, he is a cheese <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's profound. <laughs> uh, I don't know what movie you watch, man. I thought it was fucking genius. <laughs> That's the clip they would use for his Oscar performance. <laughs> calling him <laughs> cheese dick. <laughs> Bruce Willis for The Sixth Sense. <laughs> Anyway, one of the things, the more I think about this movie, though, it is a perfect movie, but I just have to think, like, the biggest plot hole would have to be, how does he go about his everyday life, and it takes this long to figure out he's a ghost? Like, how many people does he interact with on a day-to-day basis, you know? I don't know. Or does he just assume everyone's always ignoring him, except for this little kid? I'm I'm not too big on plot holes, so, like, I, I... That wouldn't bother me at all. Like, the film is what it is. It's trying to tell a story. I, I, You would be thinking that, like, after, you know, the reveal happens. But it, it doesn't take away from it. It doesn't take away, no. I just, I think into these stupid, like, logical things. I mean, I have some of those thoughts for, like, other films, like The Village or whatever, but we'll get to them. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, anything else about Sixth Sense? I feel like we should give ratings, too. Ratings? Overall thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10. It's... One of the best mystery thrillers out there. It's top tier fucking Shyamalan. I wish he stayed this good throughout his whole career. But yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing movie. Uh, yeah, no, 10 out of 10. I, I, I loved it. Even knowing the twist, it didn't ruin it at all. It just 
enhance the, the experience more than anything and i can't think of many films that do that it's so emotional so frightening at times like the scene in the school where you see like the bodies hanging from like the rafters <laughs> that is like such a strong image but it's yeah no it's 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 a perfect film i love it i love it 10 out of 10 for me mm-hmm. as well on rewatch like i didn't really expect that i was thinking about a 9 out of 10 for a little bit because i had some like pacing issues in the middle but like the when it just got to the end i was like yeah this is fucking perfect it, it mm-hmm. just is great fucking movie i wish he stayed this way as well but yeah regardless mm-hmm. it's it's a good, <laughs> good movie well moving on to next year he did unbreakable what a fucking follow-up it's like it keeps getting like very much tied for my favorite unbreakable is so fucking perfect i think the characters are just incredible like i love the way that the story goes it's just amazing i could i don't know i don't even know where to start honestly so maybe <laughs> you two can go <laughs> I, just... I know well i really wish that i did rewatch this uh more recently i mean i've seen it a few times but i'm in the same boat you are pretty much like the sixth sense it takes its time it just story unfolds in such a great way and like it's a kind of a mystery like the sixth sense but the characters are so fucking good like mr glass and freaking mm-hmm. bruce willis and just and also the family dynamic we can't forget that because that's like a main thing with Shyamalan's movies and he just nails it so well in these first these early yeah. movies this is in this one dynamic. it's just so well done i think there's two main facets to all of Shyamalan's movies they're always to do, do with family or religion and I don't think mm-hmm. Unbreakable is any different. Sometimes both. Because it's all about... Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I think they're all, like, pretty much one or the other or both. But, um, yeah. no, Unbreakable is, like, all about, like, rebirth and all that. Figuring out who you are, stuff like that. No, um, Unbreakable is solidly my favorite Shyamalan movie. And I'd, I'd say it's, like, top five superhero movies ever. I yeah, think it's yeah. perfect. There's only one thing I don't like about it, but, like, we'll get to that when we get into spoilers otherwise a perfect movie and i love watching it every time i watch it like i only watched it a couple of hours ago it still hits hard it's (laughs) It's, so enjoyable it's It's so so smart yeah and i always forget that it's a superhero movie because it is so grounded and it feels so real and that's what i love about it in terms of like being a superhero movie because you don't find like this feels like if superhero superheroes were real it would be set in like this world it wouldn't be like people flying around in capes and shit just some freak thing with this guy like after the train wreck but like really subtle it wouldn't be like it's not over the top it's really subtle it's realistic and it's like him discovering these things about himself over time in such natural ways and just like how that his son reacts to it and it's just so well done it's just so well done if if superheroes were real this is one or one of two ways it could go it could either go unbreakable or the boys those are the only two ways it could <laughs> yeah. ever go you know yes yeah. but like i i do love the whole comic book mythology angle of it like the, it even opens on like a blurb of like oh there are so many comic books sold in the u.s each year and then it opens on like the birth of mr glass and like that scene mm. is shot so interestingly like you're just looking at him from a mirror and you don't even see like i don't think you see the mother i don't think you see him being born you just see the doctors reacting to it there's like screaming and crying and she's asking for help and all that and it's such an effective way to start the movie especially with that character you wouldn't even think of as like a main character i feel like i don't know how the film was marketed i've never seen any trailers or anything but just look from looking at the poster you'd assume bruce willis is the main character but they're mm-hmm. kind of like half and half i i no i can't even say that without spoiling it well it, it's so we should just get into spoilers then if... spoilers for unbreakable Dur- during the movie like when mr glass is like talking about how like superheroes have their their arch nemesis like they're always most of them are like friends at the start 
and they don't realize the other's truth or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know they have this huge battle or whatever but i i uh what was i gonna say where was i going with that you talk i have this problem a lot. you're talking Sorry. about how like Sorry. they're kind of half and half you don't know who's the main oh, character no, yeah. and like no, I, I think there's, like, solidly a main character, but I, I think the first time I watched it, I underestimated how big Sam Jackson's character would be. Like, yeah. especially going to the end. Yeah, or like the twist. The big twist. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite channel on Twist. Really? Yeah, it's probably where he yeah. orchestrated the crash yeah. and all that. It was good. probably well, one of the best really and most effective, I think. What, no, watching it today for, like, the fifth or sixth time, like, it's still... It was so dark and fucking oh it was heartbreaking mm. like how yeah. how this man just killed so many people just to feed this such a fucking selfish theory or whatever his character is so cool and it does carry mm. over into glass as well honestly with his character mr glass how just how he views the world he views the entire world like it's a comic book and it's just yeah. the way he talks about it is just so kind of cool he's such a unique character for me though i think sixth sense is still the best Shyamalan twist just because that makes you question literally everything thing you saw the entire time but this is still an amazing twist too like i i didn't see it coming my first time i love mr glasses like it's not his first scene but his first scene is sam jackson where mm-hmm. he um like there's this guy he's looking at the comic the comic panel or whatever and mr glass is talking about like how it's framed more seriously than the comics of the time would have been and how it's such a rare piece or whatever and then they agree to sell it and then glass is walking away and the guy is just like oh this will make such a good present for my son <laughs> and then he just turns around and starts fucking grilling the guy and he's like oh he's four years old it's a gift for his birthday and then he's just like you have to leave right the fuck now yeah. <laughs> he treats it like comic books is like not even just high art but just like religion like it's fucking life yeah. itself you know yeah it's a perfect Uh, introduction for his character just like this whole movie it's done so well and like i said because it's so subtle with like giving like planting these seeds and like i love the just the little little moments like to where bruce willis finds the note from mr glass saying like when was Hmm. the last time you were sick and he's just like huh like when Hmm. was the last time i was sick so it's just like so clever just the way that he does these i just m night was so good man he's just so good (laughs) I just love the entire end sequence as well, like with the mm. like saving the kids and all that stuff. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. so fucking great. I love the fucking way of a shot. Like there, there's like some upside down perspective shots in the movie that I just fucking adored. Like there's the one at the very start with um, David's son just watching TV and he's flicking through channels and then he sees the, you know, the news report of the train crash and then there's another one halfway through when mr glass is falling down the stairs trying to chase down the guy mm-hmm. and then you just it's like an upside down perspective shot of him just like jumping over the railing and he sees the gun and there's like a little smile that kind of grows on his face even though he's broken <laughs> all of his fucking bones it's <laughs> yeah i love it but uh, even talking about like the the end scene well, not even the end scene but like the last half hour or so it's perfect so beautifully shot and scored oh the score james newton howard's score is is like one of my favorite scores ever the unbreakable theme is one of my favorite movie themes ever and like the the scene in like the train station where he's going around like touching people to see their pasts or whatever like there's one where you know guys driving past in the car and he's like racially discriminating against some people and there's another yeah another one just like his sexual assault and then he gets to like the murder guy oh it's so yeah. smartly yeah. done it's brilliant <laughs> oh, it's, a really man, special it's making movie. me want to rewatch it right now because it's been a while i would happily watch it after this another perfect movie La- final um, thoughts ratings on this one 10 10 fucking <laughs> fat 10 out of 10 perfect movie <laughs> oh yeah very much tied for my favorite i just 
absolutely love it for a while for the longest time for me it was it was always between a nine and a ten but i don't know why i was doubting it it's a ten it's just a ten like it's no flaws there's just no flaws the one thing i don't like about the movie is the very end where like it has text text like explaining what happens after mr glass reveals himself to be like a supervillain, where it says david called the cops the cops got him and he was charged on like three counts of like um (laughs) domestic terrorism and then it ends just saying oh yeah he's now in an institution which is i think the the mental institution from glass as if that's the only thing i don't like about it i mean at the very least it's it's like subtle enough to be able to like you know end a movie well but also set things up like it's not like it's a marvel like mid-credit post-credit scene or whatever like that (laughs) like it's it's not that like and it's like it's a better subtle way of doing it i think so it's not something i find to be a flaw but not, oh, yeah, it doesn't take totally away from the movie at all it. for me, yeah. but it's it's just like a thing that was just like, oh, that's kind of okay. But like I said, ten out of ten, easily my favorite Shyamalan movie. I could watch it over and over. It's one of my favorite films of all time. All right, well, two years later, he did Signs. <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby, Signs. Oh, signs he just it stays. He stays so good. Yeah, Signs was awesome. I loved Signs. I have to say, I guess if I was to start off, this probably was my first Shyamalan movie. The more I think about it, not only is it the one I remember seeing the first because it was my dad's favorite and he showed it to me a lot. It's the one I've seen the most, and it's just the one that's the most emotionally attached to me. This is like everything great about Shyamalan's, you know, all of his traits and qualities about his movies. It's all of that into one movie. Like the unknown, the faith, the family, literally all of those pillars of his stories. It's all of that packed into one for me. Yeah. And it's about aliens. So like, yeah, it's awesome. Like it's freaking, it's just, it's one of the best alien movies ever, if not the best, honestly. It's really special. I think it was like the first Shyamalan movie I was aware of because my dad did have it on DVD and he didn't have the case for it. But I remember like the DVD just being of like the, the baby monitor. And like, you know, the title signs or whatever. I think, yeah, that was the first one I was aware of, but I never saw it until last month, just like Sixth Sense. But like with with both of those and this as well, I always kind of wrote them off as just like, oh, I'm not going to get much out of this. I already know like the big twist, even though like the twist in this isn't really a twist. I don't think it's much of a twist. Not really. Would would you say so? I think it is, but we'll talk about that when we spoil it later. (laughs) It's a twist, but it's not like, uh, it's not like the last two movies kind of no it's like a different type of yeah yeah genuinely kind of shocked at how much i loved it i didn't expect to like it as much as i did it's it's a brilliant movie like about faith and about family you know like you said this is the best family dynamic he's had in a movie i think absolutely yeah i think it is too like the dynamic between um mel gibson and joaquin phoenix it's those two are awesome i just every little moment with them like (laughs) i mean we could go on and on but the monologue on the couch about like oh yeah what do you consider a miracle and what do you consider coincidence like that gives me fucking chills to this day like that's one of the yeah. best movie monologues i've ever seen like let alone from an end night movie so and i've gone on about it plenty of times before but the whole dinner scene fucks me up so much oh, i will that never is so heartbreaking no, it's just it I feels so real it. it just feels so real his comic relief is like spot on too to yeah. where like none of the dialogue was cringy and just the moment <laughs> one of the funniest moments not even in like Shyamalan movies but like I said in film is when you know they hear movement outside and then they're like okay I'll take this way you take that way and they run around and they're just like (laughs) yell like a crazy person (laughs) and they're just trying to scare the fucking alien it's hilarious it's so funny 
just all the little quirks of the family, like how the daughter leaves around uh, the water because it's like, you know, contaminated or she, it got like dust in it or whatever her reason was. The son with his asthma, it all, it's all seeds that are planted that come back later on. They're like there for a reason. Ties in so well, yeah, with what happens later on, which we'll spoil it later, but yeah. We might as well get into spoilers now if you like. Spoilers for signs! Like, I, I guess, before I forget what I was talking about, the little seeds that are planted that come back, like the the water set out by the daughter or the asthma from the sun, like, I just love how there's reasons for it being there. Like, I guess the fucking twist, the, the alien's weakness is water, which is kind of lame, but who cares? That was the biggest, like, insult I've heard against this movie, but in watching it, any insult, yeah, any time I've heard people mention that as an insult to this movie... I don't think they got the movie. I don't yeah. think the movie is an alien invasion movie. I think that's the least thing that it is. Yeah. It's just about a man fucking doubting his own faith. And that's right. what makes it so fucking interesting. Do I believe that these aliens exist? Do I believe in God? Yeah. He gave, he, like at the start of the movie, like, you know, he gave up being a priest because like, because of his wife or something. Because mm-hmm. his wife. That was the reason he stopped. To, wasn't it? Tree, yeah. yeah. And, and that's like the most interesting thing about the movie. That's the crux of the movie. The alien invasion is like tertiary, even like that's mm-hmm. the thing I think about the least when I think about signs now. Mm. I don't think Which about the fact that. that a director can make the alien aspect like the least important part of it, even though it's there, and still have it be impactful is fucking like that skill that's right definitely there. Definitely, a lot of the you reason know? why <laughs> some people just don't like this is because they go in expecting an alien invasion movie when exactly. it's really just not and that, it, you know. And it's just like a close-knit family drama. That's all it really is with some aliens here and there. The other thing I said, like with the boy's asthma, I just love how that came back for a reason to where his lungs closed off before the alien's poison got in there. And so that was like a miracle in itself to Mel Gibson, yet another like miracle that happened that reaffirmed his faith in the end. Like everything Mm -hmm. happens for a reason, like his whole monologue said. (laughs) I think oh. it's such an incredible movie. I, I can pick a lot of flaws in Shyamalan's like writing, but with this one, I really just don't have any. I don't think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I... I just love the way that it's all put together. Like, and even if there are some goofy little bits about it, like it works in the long run for me. I love, I love the writing in this movie, but I think this is the, I think this is the beginning of the Shyamalan writing. There are some weird lines of dialogue. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I remember watching it and just being like, that's a very strange line of dialogue. Here and but, there, um, like, I, I one instance I can think of just off the top of my head is that when, um, I know there was some cringy lines maybe when, like, the police officer first visited the family, like the lady, and then, hmm. or maybe some of this talk about, like, Scandinavian Olympic women. I was like, what is this? <laughs> what? Everybody in this family's got to calm down and eat some fruit or something. When uh, Joaquin Phoenix visits that, like, military guy or talks to that military guy, he's like, you are a baseball star. You should have women (laughs) licking your toes and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I I still think those moments are funny and they aren't to the level of cringe that ruin it for me. Yeah, like like I said, it's just stuff, like, that works in the long run for me. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not stuff that I will, like, pick apart and be like, that's a flaw, you know? There's something I forgot to bring up in Sixth Sense and um, Unbreakable that I should have brought up, and I'm going to bring it up here because it's my favorite instance of it, um, the M. Night cameo. How do we... Yeah, we have to talk about the M. Night cameos. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite things about his movie, his movies, because whenever he pops up, I'm like, there he is. That's the guy. I feel like that's the guy. I love it. And that's almost yet another reason why people probably call him the modern Hitchcock, because he... Hitchcock would do that. Yeah. He would show up in his movies. 
Some are better than but others. His his, his cameo <laughs> so his in cameos? this is like yeah. His cameo in this is his best cameo. I think so too. I think it's the only one that impacts the plot in some way. I was yeah, about to say he's it's the, the only one that, one that yeah. yeah, more of a character than a cameo really. But and his mm-hmm. performance is quite good from what I remember. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's probably his best performance out of all these. Yeah, for sure, definitely is. When he's talking to Mel Gibson before he's leaving, that's a really good scene. I really, really would love to see more of Mel Gibson in like dramatic roles like this. I was looking mm-hmm. at his like filmography, like as with acting and all that, and I'm just like, like I, I want more of this kind of shit, you know? You ever seen Chicken Run? Oh fuck! <laughs> God, <laughs> no, but he's definitely had some like great performances. I mean, obviously Braveheart and yeah, you know the it. Patriot. And, <laughs> I mean, that? I haven't I'm, seen that either. Or Mad Max, the first Mad Max. I guess you haven't seen that either. But I mean, like, uh, no, this not one a... feels like a very contained, like, dramatic, primarily role. Oh, I know, I mean. it is. So I want, like, it's more of like that. It's, like, actually... He was um... good in that Bloodfather movie, from what I remember. Oh, Bloodfather was like, great, but, like, it wasn't to this level. <laughs> like, right. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you, I, I could imagine this performance being, like, nominated for an Oscar. Like, that's the type of performance yeah. we're talking about. But it's a genre movie. <laughs> it is to people who haven't fucking seen it i guess (laughs) i guess yeah at first glance like oh sci-fi alien movie whatever like you don't see the alien until the end and it looks wonky as hell now to be honest i thought it was perfectly like hidden within like oh just in the tv reflection or just in the shadows like he didn't want to expose it thank god he didn't expose it to the light because then it would have really aged badly but there is one shot where it's like close up and all that but like even then it's still kind of looks good i think yeah and it was just its eyes yeah Yeah. it looks pretty good for 2002 but you did bring up a good point there quinn like he Mm. he does like try his best to hide it and whenever it's hidden it is very artful and to me that's creepier like seeing it in the reflection of the tv oh yeah you don't really know what it looks like that's fucking scary the fucking scariest scene in the movie the brazilian the brazilian party i think it looks perfect there oh my god have to i think it looks really good there yeah but that scene That's... is brilliant. <laughs> it feels so real and it feels so just un unexpected and it yeah. is terrifying. It really is. It fucked me up on first feels... watch, I remember that. Not even not only that, but another kind of freaky scene was just this like little like subtle moment where Mel Gibson's talking to his daughter at you know before she's going to bed and then he looks out the window and just you get a fucking jump scare of a shadow standing on the roof and it's just like a split second with a loud noise and you're like well what the fuck was that so it's just it's just done like paced really well in terms of done in a really good subtle way yeah yeah it's amazing it's fucking 10 it's an easy 10 a fat juicy 10 the biggest 10 ever like it's it's (laughs) oh yeah so I good i love signs so signs good. is so good <laughs> yeah nine out of ten what the fuck i love it though no. <laughs> well Let's moving move on. on to 2004 the village the village this is where, where it gets this juicy. is where his films start getting divisive everyone agrees this yeah. for like signs six cents unbreakable are all like good this is where people are like on the train of fucking Shyamalan or not like get on or get mm. off I've I watched it very recently for the first time, and um, I was shocked at how much I loved it. It's really good. And, like, I feel really bad for you, Keelan, because apparently you knew the twist. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I, I feel incredibly bad for you because I did not know it all. And that would it suck. blew me away. <laughs> like, it yeah. blew me away, and I was just, like, already loving it up until that point anyway, so mm. I was just, oh mm-hmm. my god. 
uh i really wish i rewatched this uh before this recording because it is probably it's the one that i enjoy the most out of the ones that is the least fresh in my mind if that makes any sense like i needed to fucking rewatch this and i i love it too but i feel like a lot of people don't like it because this movie was marketed totally not what it was supposed to be like it was apparently marketed as like a straight-up monster movie you know because the creatures Mm. in the forest yeah but in reality it's like a drama romance story and like it's just so really not what the trailer uh gave away but yeah i i love it too um i'm sure i'll think of more when we get into spoilers i think just like for the entire like section up until that twist like i was just extremely riveted and it was like for basically one central reason it was just i really really felt the dynamic between the two main characters like i was just in love with how in love with each other they were you know so beautiful to me and i like i love the acting so much that's like probably the best thing about the movie is the acting the acting Mm -hmm. is so fucking good i don't know what else to say right now if we're not getting into spoilers but yeah do 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 the spoiler thing yeah spoilers for the village I didn't mind that I knew the twist because I, I especially didn't mind after I saw the sixth sense because I was like, okay, like it can be like a thing where I'm like looking for like the seeds or whatever and trying to see what sets it up. Yeah. And I had it in my mind that like, I, I was constantly trying to think like, what, why are they doing this though? Like who's in on it? Who's not? Like who's like the monster at any given time? When it gets to the twist, that's when the movie fucking falls apart for me because I loved it up until um they revealed that you know mm. it's it's all like a farce as um William Hurt says. After that, it just gets kind of boring, and I was not into it at all. And the twist should be there because like it is kind of like a post nine eleven movie where like I, I feel like it's more of an allegory for like the way that Americans viewed outsiders at the time. Like they just wanted to be their own little community. They didn't want to let outsiders in because, you know, fear of terrorism and all that. Mm. And it works is that way because it does feel like a reaction to that. But Mm. without that, I don't think the twist works that well. The central romance between Bryce Dallas Howard and Joaquin Phoenix is really good and I really enjoyed it. Even though I wasn't biggest fan of Bryce Dallas Howard's performance. Okay, look, I thought she uh, was... I'm gonna stop you right there. This was the best I've ever seen her, honestly. Like, I've never it's seen her It's probably the best be I've seen good. her, too. Yeah, but, like, I, I was, like, up until this point, I just kept thinking to myself, like, Bryce Dallas Howard, like, she can't act. She's not very good. Like, anytime I've seen her, <laughs> she's just been, like, either mediocre or bad. And I'm like, I'm gonna hate her in this role, especially a main role, but I just loved her in this. I just loved her. I don't know. She was good at points, but she was very hit and miss. And I don't know. I, I just thought she like, was perfect for what she was playing. And Joaquin is great, obviously. Adrian Bo- yeah. Brody is great. William Hurt, holy fuck. Yeah, I thought Adrian Brody was so weird. It. I think <laughs> it's he was, so weird, but it's I, done well. He, I think he was good for what he's supposed to be, actually. I, I didn't think he was, like, the best in the movie. I thought that was probably Bryce Dallas Howard or William Hurt, honestly. Mm-hmm. William Hurt was my favorite performance. I thought he was he fantastic. Was, he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. sorry. The the thing that stood out to me the most when I when, like when I started watching it, like the when the credits are rolling and it's just like actor act, after actor, and I was just like, I did not know half these mo- people were in this movie. Like yeah, like Brendan Jesse Eisenberg Sigourney. is in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even and, like Brendan yeah. Gleeson or Sigourney Weaver. Like I was like, oh, they're in this. Okay. I didn't know Sigourney <laughs> was, but I knew Brendan was. What do you think of the first time you see the the monsters? I guess or like how that was done. It's very effective and creepy, even though I knew mm-hmm. the twist. Yeah, it I is. think so too. I think the only scene with the monster that doesn't work is after you found out. But it yeah. does have that mystery element of like, which one is it? Which one is under it? And which one is like trying to stop her from getting to the town? Like that's the only thing that gives it 
any sort of mystery, I suppose. So it's also weird because like when it is Adrian Brody, he's like making like monster noises and stuff, which is just kind of strange sound design. Like I didn't, I didn't mind it when like the when it was came to like the village scenes and like they're all roaming around the village or whatever, and you're hearing monster noises. Like after you know that it's a person underneath it, and you're still hearing like beast noises, it's just like, uh, what's the point? I don't know. During that scene where like um she was being like chased around in the forest by him, like I was thinking at that point, like maybe this is like her just imagining it, and we're just like seeing the visual part of it. Could like be. I, I thought so too. That that's what I was I thinking, so but then like it was revealed that it was actually real and Adrian Brody and I was like oh okay fair enough but like it was still a creepy <laughs> sequence in yeah. my in my opinion like I still enjoyed watching <laughs> it yeah. but I, I do like agree that after the twist happens it isn't as good as it was leading up to that but regardless like as an overall product I just think it's a really great movie no I can really see that I wish I liked it more by the end I think my favorite scene in the movie was when Joaquin gets stabbed. I really like that scene. That the way was a it was great shot. scene. Like the, the Adrian Brody jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> There's one really smart um, bit of camera work that I noticed as well. And it, by the way, it's a shame that this is the only time he's collaborated with Roger Deakins. Yeah. Like, mm, uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It is a great looking movie. But like, I really mm-hmm. love that, um, you know, because Bryce Dallas Howard is, Howard is blind in the movie, like there's like that one shot where Joaquin's been like stabbed and he's like on the floor and stuff and like she comes in the room and it's all like completely blurred but then like as soon as like her foot like hits him like on the floor that's when it comes into focus and I was like it's, yeah, it's like well. her focusing like seeing what's happened like it's like hmm. I love that it was just so creative yeah I really need to rewatch it but I have seen it a couple times and I don't remember the twist bothering me too much I, I it didn't blow me away but it didn't bother me either I thought it was really cool I feel like you could still have this a, t- a movie like this without a twist like that. Whereas the yeah. other movies, the twist kind of makes the whole movie, it like wraps it up full circle. To whereas this kind of just felt like, here's a crazy twist. But it still worked yeah. for me. It did feel like he was burdened by the need of like putting in a twist because at this right. point he was the twist guy. Exactly. It, it, and maybe even subconsciously, he didn't even mean to do twists for Unbreakable and Science because they worked so well. But this kind of felt yeah. like the first one that felt a bit shoehorned in. Like, I have to do a twist, so here's a big twist. Like, the, I'm going to do my biggest twist yet type thing. I mean, I, it still worked for me. I, I really enjoy it. It's probably top five M. Night for me. I, I think I have it like an eight or a nine right now out of ten, which is pretty high. But I really I do like it a lot. Um, I don't know what rating I would give it right now. I'm sort of around a nine, probably. I'll review it eventually, but yeah, it's a great movie. I really loved it. I would give it a six out of ten, but like, I hope on a rewatch, like, I do like it a bit more. But at the moment, I'm just feeling like a high six or a light seven. That's completely fair yeah, as well. Is. Like, I I totally understand if people don't vibe with that movie. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it is where his films start getting divisive. Finally, you know. Without the ending, it would be like an easy like eight, probably, because I love the first hour or so. Well, the next one we have is Lady in the Water, 2006. Has anyone else seen this besides me? I have not. Nope. All right, well, I, I don't have much to say about it anyway. I guess I'll just say my thoughts. This is his first not good movie, I think. <laughs> uh, it's just... <laughs> like I don't even know if I want to say it's bad. I have it rated a two and a half, so like a five out of ten. There are cool things about it, like the idea is kind of cool maybe, which 
ah, fuck, I don't even remember what the movie was hardly about, though. So I don't know what that idea was. But it's got Bryce Dallas Howard. It's got Paul, uh, Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. I do want to watch it just out of curiosity, but yeah. I can I can give a f- familial opinion. My, my dad loves Lady in the Water. <laughs> See, it's, he, he adores it. <laughs> people still love it or hate it, but this is the first one to where like the majority of people said, yeah, it's not that good. I mean, I still, I really wanted to like it. Uh, the movie just kind of looks really bland and a lot of the effects did not age well and the pacing is just kind of bad. So those are the main things that held it down for me. Uh, but it still feels like an M. Night movie. It's not terrible. It's not bad. I would rewatch it again just to see if I like it. Yeah, nothing much else to say about Lady in the Water. The one after this, though, The Happening, 2008, yes. baby. <laughs> I watched that for the first this is time like, recently. I've seen The Happening like three or four times. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys I, have both like rewatched it recently. <laughs> I've watched it for the I, first yeah. time. Which my, I'm not um, gonna lie, my rewatch was basically a first time watch because I only saw uh, like ch- big chunks of oh, the yeah, movie I remember you saying, yeah. on TV, and then but this was the first time sitting down from start to finish, and I'm like, okay. I had seen like go. occasional clips here and there as well, but like I didn't know any of the context or anything. I didn't know what the movie was like really about. So when I actually saw what it was about, I was like, oh, I'm sure <laughs> the one of the stupid. one of the. <laughs> I was just gonna say it was one of the clips you saw the. Are you gonna kill me in my sleep? What? What? No! No! no. no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you eye in my lemon drink. It's <laughs> 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 uh, this movie, man. It's this was very hilariously bad. I love the happening. I love it so much. I loved it too, honestly. It, I'm in the same boat. I love it. Um, I don't know what much else to say about it. I think. It is a bit overhated. I think it's very overhated. There are some genuinely very good shots in it. Um, can, can we just get into spoilers right away? Because I think yeah, sure. You are like, just... you are ruthless, Keelan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's I, I would otherwise I'd be like, let's wait. But it's the happening, so let's just. It's the it. happening. Spoilers for the happening. Um, right. one of the main shots I fucking loved was like there's a shot of like there's a guy in the car and there's a policeman outside the car. And the policeman kills himself and the guy in the car gets out of the car and picks up the gun and kills himself and someone else walks over and picks up the gun. Yeah, Yeah, it's like half the tail with a gun killing himself. Like, it's like, what? Like, it's like all one take and you can only see their feet. I think that's such an effective use of violence and it was just shot very well. Exactly. Like, even in, like, movies like this, Shyamalan still however ridiculous it is, he still has good filmmaking techniques. Like, I'm just going to show their feet. I'm not gonna show you everything. Well, I I just I cannot get over that fucking one line when Jeremy Strong's like cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> I just that is like etched in my brain right now, and it's so yeah, fucking funny. Oh, this is where his dialogue truly got like so bad oh that it God. is good. I actually like, like burst out laughing when that happened. I mean, this is a small thing just for me, but I, like I started watching Succession recently, and like Jeremy Strong and Alan Rock are both in it, and they're both in The Happening. Like, Alan Rock was, like, oh. the principal speaking to all the teachers, like, um, Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice seeing him pop up and stuff. I like that guy. But it was just jarring to see him, and then Jerry, Jeremy Strong pops up, and I was just like, what? He's in this too? Fuck me. <laughs> and his character is, like, one of the funniest characters in the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what, what was it? My gun is my friend or whatever? Yeah. Oh. I, I, like, burst out laughing as well when he did that and then did this, like, awkward, back, awkward like, backwards walk. It was so fucking mm. funny. I, I cannot imagine, like, what M. Night was thinking mm-hmm. when he was just like, yes, this is good. Like, just, yeah, yeah. Like, doing this backwards walk. Or but goofy and that's shit. the thing. I think this movie is such a mixed bag, though, because, like, there are goofy-ass moments like that, but then there's genuinely good technique moments like yeah. the gun thing that Keelan mentioned to where one of the scenes with Jeremy Strong, I think it's like when you first meet him, from what I remember, they're at that four-way intersection. Yeah. And I love how like for like okay, we have to go this way and then uh no, people are escaping from that area and then they turn and then no oh, people are coming like no matter what direction they look, people are trying to get away from that direction and it's just mm-hmm. the camera panning around and I thought that was just a really well done. It's definitely a fun movie. Like it was never boring. It, it flew by like the pacing it didn't even bother me like it does have some genuinely like creepy imagery as well like when they're driving along the road and then you just see like bodies littered across the road or whatever i think that's a good image <laughs> yeah but also i feel like what m night was trying to do with this movie is that he was trying to make some sort of like high budget b movie because like the the plot is such a b movie plot is just like oh the plants are killing everyone and they're trying to get away from the plants like it feels so like a plot as well <laughs> it is so I stupid think- he wanted to take something that seemed so like every day in our lives and make it scary to us. That was his intent. I really felt like he thought guess, he was making yeah. the wind scary. Like he thought, I'm going to make a, a gust of wind scare you. And it just kind of comes off like not threatening at all. And so like, you can't really work. make that threatening. I feel it's no really difficult task to do that. If the whole movie was serious. Like, if you didn't have Mark Wahlberg being goofy and, like, not delivering his lines well, or who was the main actress? Fucking, what's Fucking her name? Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, this Zoe was a Deschanel. struggle for me, because I don't like either of those two. Yeah. Like, so if you didn't oh, have... I have, a, I have a soft spot for her. I know. Yeah. I grew up if, loving if her. If you didn't have those two kind of being, honestly, like, bad performances in the movie, then maybe if I took everything else seriously, I would take the wind seriously. But I was already, like... <laughs> They conditioned me to laugh at everything else, so I wasn't scared of, like, the threat. I think one but... of the biggest highlights of the movie is the entire scene where, like, Mark's, like, like freaking the fuck out in that field and, like, everyone's yelling <laughs> yeah. at him and shit. Like, I literally wrote down in my notes, because, like, I've been writing notes now when I watch movies just so I could remember how I was feeling and mm-hmm. shit. But, like, mm-hmm. I literally wrote, why is Mark suddenly team leader and why is Zoe screaming at him to give them orders? So it's just so confusing. He's just. I loved when he was losing like his really shit too. Goofy shot of him like all close up like that, and he's like, "Can everyone just be this? quiet for two that. fucking seconds?" Yeah. yeah, it was just like the dumbest fucking shit, and I loved it. It came at such a weird moment too, because like that's the point where like Jeremy Strong just starts shooting everyone that got disconnected from them, and it's just like, mm. what the fuck is he gonna do? Like, what do you expect him to do? Yeah. Like, are, are you trying to like figure out whether to go save them or like? Why is Mark mm-hmm. team? It was just. It's weird. <laughs> because he's Mark Wahlberg. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Some of the imagery was done well, and it was kind of disturbing, honestly. Like, the construction workers fucking jumping off one by one, or the firemen hanging themselves with their own hoses, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But No, that stuff also, is just straight up funny. I didn't find yeah, that creepy at all. <laughs> yeah. I guess that was kind of more funny. But the really shocking moment for me was when they were going up to that house to, like, see if they had food. Oh, yeah. And then you just see two kids just get fucking blown away with a <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> like, and I, just, kids... I didn't think M. Night was going to go that far. I love how, like, in that scene as well, like, Mark just starts, like, singing a song to prove that he's not oh, yeah. normal. And then he's just like, see? We're normal. 
Uh, so I don't stupid. remember what song it was either. Yeah, but that's God knows, but it's so fucking M Night's dialogue. Yeah, you know, at the end, like when they decide to like you know come together rather than like be apart, basically. Yeah, and then they do that like slow walk basically towards each other, and then it turns out the wind is like okay now. Like <laughs> it was yeah. just like yeah. It, for all they knew, they were about to die out there basically, mm-hmm. and they're willing to kill a kid in the process. Like, what the fuck yeah. is up with that? Like, are you serious? Yeah. friend's kid. That was so selfish and stupid. I was like, what the fuck? And then all That's of a sudden, true. like, you know, they the, the ending happens and they've all, they're all happy with the kid now. And you you basically were going to let that kid die. <laughs> like, <what> the- <laughs> yeah. I think the scariest part of the movie is that it foreshadowed The Last Airbender because the kid at the end is wearing a Last oh, Airbender backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. So just See like, that hey, well, that would have cool been a good segue, days. but I have more things talked about. I actually liked the the kid in this movie as well. I thought she was kind of cute and wasn't bad. I actually felt for her thought... as well when she found out about her dad dying. Oh yeah, yeah, John Leguizamo. I think John Leguizamo's performance was like the only anywhere decent performance. Like he Probably, was pretty yeah. all right. I mean, he was all right. compared to the others. Like in any other yeah. movie, he would have been my least favorite performance. But in this, like, yeah, he even, was better even than... though I'm. Even though I'm a Mark hater, really, like Zoe was the worst in this, in my opinion. She was. She was she terrible. Was dreadful. She was terrible. Just so robotic and like, Ugh. I'm talking like this the whole time. <laughs> I don't know what. what, what, what. Got to talk about the grandma scene, of course. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what was going on in the grandma's slap. house? The fucking hand the, slap. The hand sl- oh, yeah. Of course, the iconic line that we mentioned earlier. What I found so funny about that scene as well was just like how... They do the whole like you know you're gonna murder me in my sleep. What? No. And then the scene just ends. And then that's yeah, it. it's so like, weird. Right after it's that, so it's weird. so abrupt. Uh, everything about this movie is kind of just so slapped together. Like yeah. scenes like that, to where scenes will just end. Nothing's really explained. Like why did the wind suddenly stop? Oh, it's just a scientific phenomenon that we'll never understand, but it'll just happen. And you know what he was telling all of us at the beginning. Ugh. So such it's a huge shrug of an the, ending. The concept was kind of cool, but it just wasn't done like explained very well. And, and it's lazy know. as well. Like you end it with that, basically. Oh, we don't yeah. know what, why it yeah. happened, but yeah. there you go. Just things like. <laughs> and also, what was the twist in this movie? I'm trying to think. There isn't really. I mean, really? like there's, there's, there's has... like a scene in like France or whatever at the end where like it that might have been the twist. I guess like, that's it comes it. back. Yeah, I genuinely think there are some good filmmaking things about it. I don't think it's a complete guilty pleasure. I actually do enjoy things about it. There are good things about it for sure, but it's just like this is one of the best so bad it's good movies I've seen. Honestly, it is. It's great. Definitely is. It's up there for me. It's one of my favorites. I don't know how we how to even rate this. Honestly, like I rate my keep in mind I rate my movies similar to you guys. I think just based on my personal enjoyment. So if that's the case, I gave this an 8 out of 10. So I gave The Happening a fucking 8 out of 10. Because I just well, enjoyed it a lot. But it's definitely flawed. I'd kind of be going against my rating system with, like, so bad it's good movies. Yeah, I think I do I... that too sometimes as well. Because, like, for Moonfall, mm-hmm. I gave that, like, a 3 out of 10. Like, But I would watch that movie again because it's so stupid That's and true. Fun. I do that sometimes and... too. It just depends, but... Yeah. In terms of sheer enjoyment, I would genuinely give this a 10 out of 10. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I have it rated as a 2 out of 10 because that feels mm. more right. 
So if you subtract those two, it. then you're on an eight out of ten like me. So <laughs> basically, same. Let's go with eight out of ten. So. You could give any score to the happening, and it would make sense. Well, moving on from the happening, from a so bad it's good movie to just a bad movie, we got the Last Airbender, 2010. I haven't seen it. Don't want to. You were making the right choice. Um, I remember fuck all from it. Mm-hmm. All I remember is that it was painfully boring, painfully bad. And I Don't they even mispronounce how... his name as Ong? Yeah, that was the biggest slap in the face to the fans. Oh, and that's yeah, like yeah, sorry. Why they all kind of hate it, honestly. I, th- I think they more kind of hate it just because it's, it's what well, I think the show is like 60 episodes or so and it goes through so much. Yeah. And the movie's like, what, barely two hours long and it doesn't really showcase half the nations or whatever? No, I, I also don't remember anything from it. I watched it and I completely erased it from my mind. I don't even remember why it was bad. I just remember not remembering it at all. The movie looked bad. The acting was bad. The story was rushed. Everyone was miscast. Just literally everything that could probably go wrong with a movie kind of went wrong. Yeah, nothing much to say. Now I don't have anything to say either. If I was to give a rating, I don't even think it's half star bad like everybody else on Letterbox. Like, I guess in my mind there was some stuff that was keeping it from being half star, so I gave it like uh, a one and a half out of five, so that's like a three out of ten, which is pretty high for this movie. I don't know. I just don't think it's like the worst thing ever. It's just not a good adaptation. I am everyone else on Letterbox. It's one out of ten. And you're probably right, honestly. (laughs) I think I'm being generous with this one. From memory. Moving on to another 1 out of 10, spoiler alert for me, but After Earth. Has anybody else seen this? No. I'm not sure. I'm never sure whether I've seen it or not. (laughs) You you, you know the the hugging scene? Yeah, I think. That's the thing I remember. (laughs) Okay. That's the sad part, is that I literally just watched this, like, last week, and it's already fading from my fucking memory, like, completely. Uh, yeah, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. This is, in my oh, opinion, wow. the low... Yeah, I'm. it sadly is. Like, this feels like a straight-to-sci-fi straight channel piece of crap. Like, nothing really good about it. Nothing entertaining about it. Will Smith and Jaden Smith, if they were replaced with a different father-son duo, this movie might have been actually pretty good. But they sink the movie because their their performances are laughably bad and the dialogue is laughably bad is it visually good at all barely there are some shots to where like they show the whole landscape of like you know when he's in the forest like kind of like they're stranded out there and stuff and it's kind of cool shots and cool like atmosphere like once they the first 30 minutes are excruciating because they're not stranded in the forest yet it's like some of the most boring terrible crap and then once they get stranded it's kind of cool in the forest but honestly it's just low budget like sci-fi schlock just jaden smith this is one of the worst performances i've ever seen from jaden smith like in this movie he's so bad his performance in this was god awful and even will smith he was like he plays like the stern strict military father and he's so fucking boring he has like one one note the entire movie and it's just like i'm the strict military father do kneel son like take a knee i really hated this movie and i just it's sad that m night made it because it's a one out of ten for me it is bottom of the barrel yeah i don't know but yeah it's it's kind of sad because if you look at the last four movies 
from Lady in the Water, The Happening, Last Airbender, and then After Earth, just think, look at those four movies. That is a terrible streak of movies to have. And it continues like, with The Visit. It's debatable. This is where his, see, this is where his career finally gets back from bad territory to just divisive. True. At first he was good, then he was bad, then he's back to divisive. Moving on to The Visit. Uh, oh, ooh, ooh. Quinn, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, let's start with the negatives first. Let's you go. Uh, it's very bad. Everything, everything. It's, every... it's very, very bad. Oh, you both didn't mm. like it. No, Gosh, I, I fuck. did not like it one bit. Damn it! I hate the visit. There are things about it that are good, absolutely, but it is probably the most boring M Night movie I've ever seen, and it's like ninety minutes oh, long. Yeah. It Dude. fucking dragged so hard. Please watch like After story. Earth, and then you will retract. Well, yeah, that true, statement. but I mean. But Jesus, yeah. In terms of what I like about the movie, I don't think any actor is bad. I think all the actors are pretty good for what they are. I think the grandma's <laughs> fucking awful. At times, actually, yeah, she was she I... sucked. <laughs> I like the grandpa. The grandpa is pretty good. He's the fine. grandpa is great. The only thing that does tank this movie for me a bit is the dialogue, and I think all the actors were totally fine. It's just this dialogue is so kind of cr- like the kid rapping. We have to talk about the little kid who won his cringy ass raps. Look, that that that, that, was that kid. That kid is that from Australia, okay? And uh, oh. he, his claim to fame is a movie called Paper Planes. And I'll have you know that the man who taught me sport and film back when I was a kid, like in primary and high school, is in that movie. Wow. So he's, I gotta, I gotta protect then. Ed Oxenbald. I think he's cool. And also, he's kind of annoying in the visit. Like, he's not terrible or anything, but he's kind of annoying. But like, if you watch Wildlife by Paul Dano with Jake Gyllenhaal and Carrie Mulligan... He's great in that movie. One of the best parts. Mm. So he's I, not totally shit. That's surprising because he is my least favorite part of the movie. So yeah, he's not, he's not very good in the visit at all. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I think the performances are all fine. I didn't mind the two kids. I just thought their dialogue was horrific. Yeah, yeah it's like, mostly like, the dialogue and the rapping, but like in general, he's okay, I think. Since I feel like I'm like fending off <laughs> shots of whatever here like okay i'm gonna be dodging bullets like fucking neo this was my third time watching it my and i had the same reaction you guys did actually because my first time i i didn't take much away from it i thought the kids were extremely cringy and yeah it was a little boring at times second time it got a bit better but this third time i watched it like full like i mean i don't know how old i was in 2015 i want to say i watched it with a full adult brain now I mean, I was a teen back then, but I watched it with a clear head now, basically. And it's just kind of cool seeing M. Night do a found footage style little horror movie. I don't know. I just like the execution. I like the execution. I like the atmosphere. I like what he was trying to do. I think the found footage element is fine. It's not like the best I've seen, but it's fine. I yeah. fucking hate the found footage element. I think it's some of the worst example of found footage I've ever seen. I think yeah. it's so shoddily put together. It is badly put together, but like, I mean, it didn't bother me like the way it was filmed, I guess. I was just sort of like, this is how it's going to be. And I'm accepting that. And that's fine. I just moved on from there. But like, that's but, that's not the worst thing about the movie at all. But like I, like I said, my review of The Visit, this is the guy who brought us the fucking Brazilian parody scene from Signs. That is so well <laughs> shot. Like he yeah. shot that himself with like, the you know, the kids on set or whatever. That is more effective. Like it's like a 30 second scene. It's more effective than any of the 90 minutes in this movie. With the with the way it's shot in this, it's very nitpicky, I know, but it doesn't feel like they're shooting at themselves. Like, there's bits where, like, the kids are, like, walking around the camera to talk to the camera rather than just, like, 
turning the camera to themselves and mm. then talking then turning it back or whatever it always feels like someone else is holding the camera it takes me out of it yeah, and I shouldn't be, be thinking about that in a found footage movie yeah the reason for that though is because you know the daughter thinks she's this like prodigy filmmaker mm. she's trying to make this super professional documentary so like that's why you know she has the camera set up and like they're doing the little interviews and it it, it takes for a second you forget it is found footage because she's trying to make a documentary as opposed to a here's a found footage film about my grandparents but that's what it turns into Hmm. it feels like two different movies at at times yeah because some shots you forget it's found footage and other shots are like really close quarters like under the fucking when they're playing like hide and seek under the house or something like that and the thing with this movie is like it is clearly a horror comedy type thing but i feel like the bits that i was supposed to find scary were more funny and the bits i was supposed to find funny were just cringe like you know the the rapping like even the scene where they're playing yahtzee I feel like that's meant to be like the peak of like the horror comedy element where they're just screaming at each other and they're just like, oh, you can't be Yahtzee Master. That takes 10 years. To me, that was funny. That was yeah, a good line. That was, that was a good line. <laughs> that was a good... It takes 10 years. <laughs> I, I thought it was really cringy that I did not like when she had the food in her mouth and she screamed uh, at the camera. That was fucking Yahtzee. dumb. I hated that. I, I thought that was a bit over the top. So there, it's definitely flawed. It's, it's not perfect execution. I wrote when I was watching this, like... Even with, like, the kid rapping and all that stuff, I think the most embarrassing part of the movie was that random fucking jump scare that she does when they set the camera up at night, and then she just goes in front of the camera like, "Ah!" Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking embarrassing, dude. That's so (laughs) stupid. Yeah, I don't know. We we just just get into spoilers. Sure. Spoilers for the visits. What did you think of the twist? Like, because a lot of people think that's actually a creepy twist. Like, one of the creepiest twists in horror movies. I didn't expect it. I can say that much. Like, when she says, those aren't your grandparents. Yeah. Like, that, a lot of people, that freaks them out. And I was like, yeah, that was a pretty good twist. I wouldn't have probably guessed that. Yeah, I didn't expect that. It didn't feel like a twist to me. I was just like, oh. Yeah, no, she never sees them. Like, obviously, it's not her grandparents. They're grandparents. I I mean, I guess as the viewer, it's maybe not a twist to us. But to the characters, it's... clearly a big twist so it might for some people not work but but it's treated as a twist for us as well because like the the whole scene like where Catherine Hahn is like telling the kids like oh sit down like i've got to tell you something i don't know i mean i thought it was i thought that part was done totally fine i th- i even thought like the pacing was totally fine and like i understood what he was trying to do with some of these like gr- they're gradually going insane and just what he would I don't know. It it worked for me in a lot of ways, but at the same time, yeah, a lot of parts were cringy. Like I don't need to see Grandpa smear his diaper on the fucking kid's face or like the grandma fucking yelling with food in her mouth. <laughs> the weird thing about it was like basically treating like mentally ill patients as like a horror character. Like it was just weird. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it just really didn't work for me and they like he does it in like sort of the laziest way possible where it's just like you know what a what a mentally ill people do oh yeah they they laugh at nothing they scream they run around naked it's like <laughs> i was just like you know once i learned what the twist was i was just like that's kind of shitty like it's just weird yeah you could argue though i mean they kind of, it's the split kind of does the same thing by definition then with like people with that disorder in know? a way but or like de- that's far more fascinating because a lot more depth is given to his character whereas this hadn't yeah. of that yeah no it did it, it split was a much better execution of like mental illness but like what the 
the horror of it i guess yeah. is if what that's what he's trying to do but the visit but, felt like just a joke in that element but i don't know yeah. i mean i, I get mean, why you like it it's it's totally fine that you do but i just i cannot get yeah. behind it i found it excruciatingly boring <laughs> and just very bad that's all it's better than his last four movies i'll definitely say that that came before this the happening even if that's not saying much <laughs> okay well oh that's hard that's hard i i'm gonna have to look at my ranking when we get to that the happening anyway is better than i think <laughs> i think the happening is we'll see better. i don't know i don't know but <laughs> i I'll, I'll say eight out of ten i enjoyed it that much my third time two out of ten two out of ten horrible movie could be a one i don't have a rating yet but i'm around a two or a three out of ten honestly yeah yeah i just did not like it hopefully we can all agree on this next one and that's split split slap yeah split is great. great this is like still his best movie out of all his recent ones i would say for sure yeah. like his last I'd, amazing I'd movie I'd i thought I don't know. I mean, fucking James McAvoy plays like twenty-three different performances, and he kills it. Yeah, he's so extremely good. He is unbelievably good in this movie. Yeah, he's so fucking good in this movie. Like, if only the Oscars nominated movies like this, because he totally deserved fucking something for this. I mean, how how often do you see actors bounce between this many different, like, just states of mind in like a one scene? You know, well, not only him, but Anya Taylor Joy as well. She's fantastic too yeah yeah she really is and this was one of the first things i actually saw her in like I, I know the witch came before this but this is actually the first movie i think i saw her in i saw the witch so in that theaters, so that cool. would have been my first probably but no i mean this just feels like a return to form for Shyamalan. honestly like just the way he tells his story like the subtleness to it the subtlety whatever and just like the eerie atmosphere, the build-up. It was just done really Not well. Not only that, but it's fun. Like, it, it's just... It feels like you're intrigued by the the plot and it, like, keeps moving at a good pace. So you're, like, constantly engaged and, like, mm-hmm. having fun with it and all that stuff. And, like, exactly. some of the imagery is fucking fantastic. Like... Yeah. Oh, it's shot so well. Yeah, it is shot it extremely is sideways well. Shots? It's, it's probably his best shot movie, I think. We might be able to agree on that, right? Oh, it's up there. I don't think so. Uh, maybe i don't know i, don't I guess so. now i'm thinking of his early stuff I, I i think unbreakable looks better unbreakable it probably does. like those two probably but it does have a lot of my favorite shots from his movies like i love i love the it's like a sideways shot like mostly like the sideways or up to upside down shots are all fucking excellent yeah i still love the shot of him on the bars as well like ripping it open oh god it's fucking yeah. cool fucking great performances shot super well the story is interesting i mean i i think i remember seeing it in theaters and just being like blown away and oh, yeah, i didn't I even know it, and it was amazing yeah yeah and i didn't even know at the time that it was m night because i this was like around the time i was getting deep into movies to where i was actually like remembering oh yeah this person directed that and this person did that so later on when i found out this was m night i guess i was happy to see like yeah he made a good movie and a while i think like um, it was around the time that i was like really loving like unbreakable quite a bit so like mm. this movie gave me a lot that i appreciated and it's it's just super rewatchable as well i don't it know is, why yeah. it's just very rewatchable getting into spoilers for split yeah you know the twist of this movie what would the twist of this be that there was a hidden personality called the beast is that the twist i don't think that's the twist because they were talking about the beast the whole movie yeah and then we weren't sure if it was like is it real is it not i don't know 
I think the twist, if anything, is that's the in the Unbreakable universe. True. That's true. That's that true. That was fucking huge when I was in theaters. I was like, what? Yeah, that was... <laughs> I, I love it, though, because people that knew Unbreakable, that was such a big deal, but your average viewer who probably hasn't seen Unbreakable since fucking way back when, or has even let alone seen it at all, yeah. was like, oh, Bruce Willis. They didn't know who he was, though. I but imagine a lot of like younger audiences would have been going into this, and they would have been like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Yeah, what? <laughs> Who's this guy? I knew about it before I saw it, so I was kind of happy about that, because I could watch Unbreakable first, then go How do you this. know all the twists before going into these fucking movies? <laughs> because they're big movies. Well, stop it. Be careful. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it was just i it was really uh i guess cool how he planned this out i guess we'll talk about later on how that fucking ended up with the third movie but mm. <laughs> um yeah i think Annie taylor joy's character was like is like one of the strongest characters he's written she, that's true because all the flashbacks that they give her with like that was pretty well done it was so disturbing um like the whole ending yeah, it was very disturbing like being apprehensive of going back to her uncle who like you know abused her as a child yeah and just like the way that was like shot and like set up like how you, you don't see the uncle like take off all his clothes it, but then you just pan over and oh it's it's weird it's, it's really just very weird but it's, it's very disturbing it's done well i like though. the way that like trauma yeah. was weaved into her relationship with james mcavoy's character mm. it was really interesting like the broken mm-hmm. especially given yeah. like how many different personalities he's got and like how they like latch onto that it's interesting mm-hmm. and she's also probably just like one of the smartest characters that he's ever written just oh, yeah. the fact that she like how she's dealing with all these different personalities and like trying to basically befriend them and like use that to get escape and get out of there yeah. and just she's not dumb. yeah it's just no she's definitely not dumb and like it was just done really well yeah the only cringy parts kind of come in when he plays the the kid like he turns into a little kid but it's meant to be cringy i guess so that's fine I love the dance scene. Yeah, the, the dance is fucking awesome. His best movie in recent memory, out of all his recent ones. For sure. For sure. All I have to say about it, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Someday it might even go up to a 10. I've But I've seen it many times, and yeah, solid yeah. 9. I think I've seen it maybe two or three times, and I would probably say like, like a solid 9 as well, yeah. It's not like totally yeah. perfect to me, but again, could change. Who knows? I'm, I'm the exact same. Yeah. I've seen it like four times, and it's sitting at a 9. I don't think it's going to go up. Don't think oh, it's going to go down. We're all in agreement. Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it's better Split than brings the people together. Yeah. We should God. do the artwork as like all of us as James McAvoy's different characters. My idea was like the tree from glass. Oh yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh man. Do we have permission to draw you in blackface? <laughs> oh. <laughs> No. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. moving on to the conclusion of this trilogy, Glass, which is probably his most divisive movie period, actually. I think it is. Maybe. I, I really think it is. If you look at the letterbox graph, if you see everyone's ratings, people love it or hate it. People think it's genius. Other people think it's terrible. I kept, so. I kept hearing very like mid things when it first came out, and it actually took me like a year after it was in theaters like to actually watch mm. it. So I was just like, yeah. oh man, it sucks that it's not being well received. I'm not going to go see it in theaters. And then I just forgot about it for like a year. And then I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should watch that. Yeah. <laughs> then I yeah. did and I'm not a fan. I did see it in theaters. I think it came out like when I started working there. I hate Glass. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't hate Glass. 
but yeah like it's a strong word i when i first uh, watched it i gave it a five out of ten and right now it would probably be a bit lower like maybe a three maybe but i don't mm, i don't ooh. know it's it's just like a real misfire i think i gave yeah. it a four when i first watched it but like the more time goes on it just keeps sinking lower i saw it in theaters as well and i was enjoying everything up until the end which we'll talk about in spoilers um but i had the same reaction i actually gave it like a a six at first and then it dropped to a five and it stayed at a five for like two two or three years and then i just rewatched it like the other day actually got better for me the more i the more the movie sat with me the more I understood what M. Night was trying to do and appreciating the moments that I actually do enjoy, it did get better, but it is still a very flawed movie. I don't know. What what are some good things that you guys like about it? Sam Jackson? I think the performances are good aside from Bruce Willis. And also, what's her name? The the woman. Sarah Paulson. I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah, Sarah Paulson. Uh, I found her really annoying. Oh, but yeah. James yeah. is consistently the best thing about it, I think. And he was even, Samuel L. Jackson yeah. is great. And I, in this one, James even, like... Because you don't really see in Split him bounce between personalities this, like, bam, bam, bam. Like, it was happening one after another, and it was... It was, it just was awesome getting to see that, because, like, they flash him with the strobe light. That's not really a spoiler, I don't think. It's, like, the only movie I've never liked Anya Taylor-Joy in. I think she's horrible in this. And I think her character is so bad. Let's wait for Super Mario Brothers, baby. No, she's still big. Oh, she's in that. <laughs> she's Peach. Yeah, she's Peach. Oh my God, I, I haven't even been following that, so I don't know. And I know in your review, actually, or somebody's review, did they mention the son of Bruce Willis being really yeah, bad? Too? Oh, he's very bad. He's very bad. Okay, I honestly, I don't think any of these performances are downright terrible. I just think they're just at times just kind of like monotone or just like s- subdued, just very subdued performances. I appreciate that they didn't recast his son from Unbreakable but he was bad. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I thought Bruce Willis, for me, he was kind of the the low point because he was dead. He felt like (laughs) nothing. He just felt like nothing was there. Yeah. I didn't feel that same character from the first movie. I didn't feel that. So that was one of my few negatives, honestly. He just looked like he was sort of confused. I I think this was like the beginning of his whole amnesia thing. I don't know about amnesia, but dementia. Dementia, Maybe you see that come into play in the movie like he's just like it's wait really sad. why am i here it is really sad just getting to spoilers <laughs> might as well all right spoilers for glass i like that it continues to be like an anti-superhero movie where like mr glass is always talking about like the big fight being on the skyscraper or whatever but the fight just takes place outside the mental institution i think that's pretty cool in a parking lot like it all takes place in a parking lot like what <laughs> um and it's also, I think this is the most anti-superhero movie ever because the whole movie, it's just driven on the, like, trying to disprove the fact that, like, these people are even superheroes, you know? Like, that's the whole point is to, like, prove that maybe they aren't, like, special. Interesting uh, in concept, but it's a fucking bore to watch. At, at least how it was written in this movie. Like, my God. I, I wasn't a fan of the way it was put together, but... I can definitely appreciate that people like it and it makes sense to me why because there are a ton of good ideas and like for some people it they may think it's like executed good but I just can't get on board with that. At times the pacing really does drag throughout like a was big my biggest chunk problem, of the yeah. middle. Yeah, the big chunk of the middle when as soon as they hit the psychiatric 
hospital. There's moments that I'm actually interested, like the strobe light scene with, or the you know the flashing light scene with James McAvoy, or like uh, how Glass, Mr. Glass, is like orchestrating his escape and shit. Like that stuff was cool, but then there's scenes that drag, and I really wish the f- whole movie was just the first twenty minutes. The first twenty yeah. minutes I actually love. Me too. Like where. Bruce Willis is tracking down James McAvoy's character and like they kind of have their little fight and like if that was the whole movie somehow that would be cool I don't need this psychiatric hospital shit but then again you need it to get the point across which is like trying to disprove it's just they spend so long in there like as soon as it gets to that point I'm just like I don't know I'm checking out right now like Mm -hmm. yeah like that first 20 minutes had me hooked and then after that I was like oh man it's really Uh uh-huh but then again like keelan said i mean this is trying to be like it's an it's carrying on those anti-superhero themes to where maybe that was m knight's way of like just completely like he could have had the whole movie be that and it would have felt more like a superhero comic book movie but instead i'm gonna subvert everything you're expecting and i'm just gonna take them and throw them in a psychiatric movie I, don't I mean, it so. doesn't make a good. It doesn't make a good movie, but it makes me at least appreciate what he was trying to do. Yeah, like I understand what he's trying to do, and it genuinely works for me in a lot of areas. For me, literally, the only issue was the pacing this time. And oh there's my so, god, there's we, so we many to, in the end. There's yeah. so many things about like M Knight's like direction and like the things that he wants to do that I always appreciate. I'm always like, yes, like this is a great idea. I'm glad that you went for this, but like in execution, some of his ideas just do not work. And I think Glass is a prime example of that. Mm. That's fair. I mean, that's his, his ideas are always super big, but his yeah. like execution, it's going to be hit or miss for people, but we got to talk about the ending. Like, fuck, <laughs> what a lame, lame outcome for our characters. I just got to say. Bruce yeah, Willis' like, death is like a slap in the face. I would argue it's the worst death of a character or like the most anticlimactic death of a character ever it's so in any bad. movie. It is so bad. Like to one that you've been attached to, you know? Like drowning just, in I remember pump. watching that in theaters and that was what actually that's what like brought my rating down a full star was just that one detail. But this time it still kind of bothered me, but I chalked it all up to the you know, I'm going against the norms of the superhero genre type, you know, subversion M. Night was trying to do. So artistically, I like what he's trying to do, but it still didn't work that well. I don't know. And then the whole like cult uh, thing, like where that was kind of shoehorned in. That was the big twist where like she's a part of this group that tries to hide the fact that they're superheroes and maintain balance oh, yes. in the world. So stupid. I'm not gonna lie, though, in concept it's all it's cool and it makes sense like you would have these people trying to trying to like not have superheroes become a thing because you can't let (laughs) superheroes just just fucking run around it it is just like put in there for the sake of a Shyamalan twist like that's it it, yeah I mean it it kind of is but the the part about that I really don't like is how they form their meetings can we talk about how (laughs) like unpractical it is we're all just gonna gather in a restaurant and once everybody that's not a part of this group leaves then we'll talk like that was fucking weird fucking stupid (laughs) like you couldn't just get a fucking warehouse somewhere and gather you have to gather in a restaurant and wait but i guess that adds on to the whole like things like this could be happening in plain sight type thing that m night always tries to do 
what uh, the last thing i guess uh, the ending i actually did like the ending a bit more the the where the son and anya taylor joy and the grandma like they were all important people in the other characters lives and the fact that they like tried to expose the truth about this like organization that was kind of cool i guess it gave them a purpose to do something but and it like made a, gave us like a hopeful feeling at the end of the movie I, I remember just not liking that at all i just thought it was a shit ending <laughs> it's not gonna work for everybody it's really not i i just it took me a second time to like be like okay that was i i get what he's trying to do i'm glad i rewatched it because like i said i had it at a five out of ten it actually jumped to a seven out of ten for me to me it's like you're gonna probably hate me for comparing it but this gives me like last jedi vibes to where the director tried to subvert what you were expecting about this type of movie mm. and it has crazy ideas but it's not going to work for everybody and no, half the true. fan base likes it and the other half doesn't yeah and that's so very true it, if, yeah it's just it's a total last jedi of his filmography and it, for me it works for me it works and i honestly only see it maybe going up with each rewatch but i don't know how often i would ever go back to it well, there's a there's a film that M Night did called Unbreakable where he does exactly that. <laughs> um, I hate I hate it. Two out of ten. <laughs> Every time I think of it, I get really pissed off, and I just kind of wish it ended with like a little tease at the end of Split. I have it at a five out of ten. Like I said, it probably would be lower for me. Who knows what will happen when I rewatch it eventually? But mm-hmm. I really just I can't see it going up or changing. I just don't think it's a yeah. very good movie, and it really was a bad end to the trilogy i think certainly not as good as the other two i think we can no, all agree on that we can all agree on that it's oh yeah definitely the weakest of the three by fair yeah well moving on to old old <laughs> yeah. this is i mean keelan well, would not stop going on about this when it came out so you can start us off if you like i think it was like one of the first films i saw when cinemas reopened like after uh, during oh, yeah. covid and it was perfect i i love old <laughs> old is one of my favorite Shyamalan films <laughs> i think it's great I don't love it I as mean, much as you. It's like, I mean, for you, it's probably a so bad it's good thing, right? Oh, it is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, for, good. for me, good. it's like that, but like not enough of of that. I don't know. It's like the happening is the top of like so bad it's good, yeah. I think. But like old, yeah. it bothered me because I really felt like there was a very, very strong concept there and a lot of ideas that I really liked and would have loved to have seen been executed better, but it was not so yeah yeah. it's it's like half so bad it's good and half like so bad it's actually bad i like old more than happening that is cringe i'd have to disagree as well (laughs) yeah um i i just i i definitely think this is the first movie since the happening to feel like this to where it is so bad it's good but it's just not to that same you don't have a, a mark Wahlberg you know carrying that that goofiness you don't have uh i would have loved uh, him to be an old fuck oh he would have been, would have been awesome look, look you, don't, uh, you don't you don't get mark Wahlberg, but you get mid-sized sedan <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is that i feel like in the happening i feel like they all knew they were in a b movie schlock movie but in old they try so hard yeah. to make it serious that it's just it's funny that they're trying so hard but at the same time they're not embracing what they are like the happening mm. did so it's like conflicting for me too but that's understandable like because like again i do think the concept is genuinely amazing yeah. and i think they did think that they were making something great but it's just this fucking this is 
probably the worst dialogue I've ever heard in an M Night movie. I yeah, think. it is. I think it's his hands worst. down. I agree. I think hands yeah. down, this is his worst dialogue in any of his movies. Like Jesus 100%. Christ, dude. <laughs> and it adds on to the so bad it's good factor, but there are times True. where it just does not let up. The bad dialogue does not let up to where I'm just I feel like I'm getting dumber every time I hear them talk. That bit of the start where like, she's like, Oh what a great voice. I can't wait to hear it when you're older. Dude, as soon as I heard that, I I so I got so sad. I actually got sad because I for a second I thought maybe this will be a good M night movie. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I know well, what type of movie we're in for. <laughs> there it is it's like you couldn't have fucking waited to say that anyway the kid going around the resort just asking everyone what they did just introducing oh, himself and just give me like, your what? backstory give me your character backstory so we care about you all right moving on <laughs> yeah that's all it really was <laughs> it's like come on it just kind of felt like so sloppy for m night so like i'm just gonna have a kid run around and you know use that for exposition one thing one thing i also gotta add on is like you know, having now seen Phantom Thread, I could really appreciate how bad her performance is. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. She's like, so bl- good in doing... Phantom Thread, and now I like I look back on old, and I'm like, what were hmm. you doing? But also, it's M Night's fault, basically. Right. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Do we blame the actors, or do we blame it all on the dialogue? Because yeah. I think it's all the dialogue's fault. Probably. Yeah. You know? I mean, probably. Yeah. Because they just cannot. You can't deliver this dialogue with a straight face. You just can't. I mean. I think it's mostly down to the director. Like, most of the actors in this movie are really good. Like, Thomas and Mackenzie as well. Like, she was great in Last Night in Soho and fucking mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit. Alex Wolf, yeah, of course. Rufus Sewell. I mean, I just watched Station Eleven, so now I compare him to that. But mm. um, the guy from Werewolf by Night. Oh, Ooh, yeah, him. Gael, I don't know his name. Gael... But he's, like, the main guy. Well, I mean, just, just having watched, like, just a little sidetrack. But, like, I just finished Station Eleven. It's, like, a mini series, ten episodes. And it's fucking incredible and he is so Dude, good I have in it. to watch it yeah. like it's like watching that watching phantom thread now <laughs> i just think this. of old and i'm like oh my god why uh, <laughs> um do we want to get into spoilers why not spoilers for old much like with the happening i think it is technically competent i think there are some interesting choices made with like showing their aging like the shot of like the camera just kind of turning around vicky creeps and like all of a sudden like her hearing's gone i think that's a really cool shot Mm. it's a mixed bag for me because there is so many good technical aspects like a lot of cool camera work cool visuals Mm. uh everything technically is totally fine it's just literally all the fault is on the dialogue all of it is on the dialogue and it's what brings the movie down but also the guilty pleasure factor up so it is a mixed (laughs) bag for me but, but it is creative yeah. in points, like, quite a lot. I do think that the cinematography and, like, some of the ways of showing, like, aging and all that stuff, like Keelan said, like, it's definitely creative, but it's just some of the execution in it is, like, so bad. Like, one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a Shyamalan film, or a film in general, is that whole, like, that woman, like, cracking her arms and shit and legs, and eventually <laughs> she's just, like, basically a crab on the beach. It's fucking weird. But, it's so funny. Like It's so funny. It's... It's funny, but like, like I, that's a concept where I feel like it could have been done so much better if they actually like tried better than that. But like, she just yeah. ends up looking like a weird fucking joke of a thing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, it, it is haunting good. in a way because like that image always sticks with me. But like, <laughs> it's the most striking visual of the movie, honestly. Probably. Is that scene, you know, <laughs> which says something. They did do it good in another film, Suspiria. 
Oh, true, oh. Suspiria. Yeah, Suspiria, they did. That's a perfect oh. example. Thank you. Like, they did it so well. But, like, in old, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> in Suspiria, like, it's actually haunting oh, because, like, the whole scene itself is, like, the editing and, like, the music, the music is fucking all. terrifying. Oh, my God. What do you think of the scene where the girl gets pregnant and then delivers oh, the baby and then the baby dies? I love it. It's my <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, that was. That's probably my favorite as well, because I remember telling you, like, when I first watched Old, it was on the podcast, like, one of our early episodes, but I told you, like, how I, like, burst out laughing when, when like, she comes out of the thing and she was like, Mom, I just got a little fat, and then she's fucking uh, pregnant, like, that, that scene makes me so uncomfortable, because it's just, like, they're little kids in their mind, but they're in these teenage bodies, and did they even know what they were doing? This, like, it may, really makes me so uncomfortable thinking uh, about the, all of it's what just, the fuck happened. Yeah. It's a very weird movie. What, the twist. Wasn't the twist... The twist was oh, the, the worst part. Uh, that awful. I thought the twist was really just kind of boring, actually. Just really, like, oh, oh, there's a fucking organization that's, like, doing this as an experiment. What? Is that what it was? Yeah, I basically. Think? And it's dreadful. Yeah. He just pulled another glass out of his ass. That That's one of the things that I'm sure many people have brought up with him. I don't see why he needs to just continue being the twist guy. You don't need a twist in every fucking movie. <laughs> especially not this. I don't know. I mean, once people, like, attach a certain thing to you, then they expect that of you. So I feel like if he's afraid if he doesn't do that, people will be disappointed, you know? Because the twists are always like fun to talk about with those movies. So, At this point, he's, M. Night he's like locked in a box. He can just he can make a movie and like regardless of whether he includes a twist or not, people are gonna go see yeah. it. Or maybe maybe it's just as simple as like he likes doing the twists. He, maybe he doesn't even think they're stupid. He actually has fun coming up with them. That could be something too. I don't know. Well, he had a bit too much fun with old. I, I think <laughs> I think the twist yeah. was actually in the graphic novel. Was it? Oh, really? that's true. I think that's so. True. Oh, Jesus. Well, fuck that guy. Because that, that, that was awful. That was such a bad twist. Maybe the graphic novel did it better, though. We never know. I've, I've heard the graphic Probably. novel's quite bad. So no wonder, yeah, if the graphic novel's bad. They were like, let's get M. Night Shyamalan. That's our guy, then. If our <laughs> book is bad. We're definitely, we're shit-talking it, but at the end of the day, I have it as a 6 out of 10. So, like, it is okay, because I do like the technical stuff, and it is funny, because it's kind of so bad it's good it's just not to that level of the happening for me though it's just not no not at all but not quite it's still really i need fun. to rewatch it at points but it also just kind of bothers me i have it at a two out yeah. of ten i i yeah i don't like it very much but it's it's fun in part you know my my, my critical side gives it a two out of ten but obviously ten out of ten an enjoyment i love it <laughs> Well, it's time to get to his most recent movie, Knock at the Cabin. Yes. Woo! Knock at the yeah. Cabin. I really liked good. it. Really liked it. Yeah. It's a very good movie. I like that it's just a simple, straightforward thriller. I thought the cast was great. The performances really held it up. Like Dave Bautista. Best part. Good. Yeah. Dave yeah. Bautista was so was good. Very good. He was excellent in it. <laughs> I just need more from him, like, immediately. Well, shit, now, I mean, he's, he's, I don't think he's doing Drax anymore, so we'll finally see mm. movies like this, I think. One thing the three... I mean, the next thing we will see him is probably Guardians 3, right? So... Right, <laughs> right. But I think that's, like, his end to that character, I thought. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, it seems like it. No, everyone was great, yeah. I... Um, Rupert Grint wasn't great. Excuse me? I think he was great, and I wanted more. He was okay. 
I think he was good, but I did definitely want more. I feel like he, they kind of locked his character in a box, like being just like, he's just kind of the, the redneck angry guy and we're going to show him only every now and then. Like, that's what it felt like. I really just um, love him as an actor and I enjoyed his time in this quite a lot. And just a side note, because this is also M. Night Shyamalan related, but I also just have to, yet again, recommend his show Servant. <laughs> this is the third Rupert time Grant, I hear you. <laughs> I, I know, not just you though, but Keelan and anyone uh, else listening. But like, I can't, I can, we can't go an M. Night episode and I can't not mention Servant. Like, yeah, true. This is, Servant is actually his best thing. Even season one of Servant, actually, I would say is his best thing since like his old movies. Like I'm talking like Signs and shit like that. Like season one of that show is genuinely that good. Is it actually him? Uh, like or... he, he basically he's writing the story producing it and i think he might have directed some episodes yeah he did direct some episodes it's like his brain child like he came up with all of this and he's like behind the scenes with all of it so it really feels like m night even though he's getting other people to direct episodes yeah, maybe um, i'll watch them really freaking good um but anyway i like the way they used violence in the movie i like that it was always off screen i think it made it more impactful and it didn't feel like they were trying to, like, bring down the rating a bit. I don't know, though. Wasn't it still rated R? Yeah, because they said fuck a lot. So, I mean, I kind of, part of me appreciated, like, yeah, don't always show all the violence. But at the same time, it feels like every death was off screen. And it didn't, it just, if they would have just showed something every now and then that would have, like, really left an impact. Or, like, made me feel like shit, you know? I mean, I, I honestly disagree with Keelan. I think that the violence should have been like shown more definitely i have a lot of reason for that but it gets into spoilers so i won't do mm, it right now okay well before we do i guess uh there is some case of bad Shyamalan dialogue every now and then to where and i was kind of getting scared like every time in his new movies if i hear a bad line of dialogue i get like scared like oh no don't do it don't ruin <laughs> your movie but like in this one it was uh, when they, after they broke into the house. What I don't even remember the chain of conversations to lead her up to say this, so I don't know. But like when the girl was, one of the girls was saying like, "I have very mixed feelings about this door or something." I don't oh, know. Yeah. Do you remember that line? Yeah, that was just really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just get into spoilers. All right. Spoilers for Knock at the Cabin. So um, about the violence not being shown. What was about that? Yeah, I think like most of that just comes from like i mentioned this on one of the last episodes but like i know how the book ends now like because julia told me and we discussed that a little bit and that's like a far more violent or kind of fucked up ending what i wanted from knock at the cabin was for it to go to that direction so mm. i feel like if it did go to that direction and the violence was used in a different sort of way with like that ending in mind it would have been a better movie for me because i think that the violence actually works within like that kind of story where it is more fucked up i sort of agree with you in the sense that like i wanted a more ambiguous and darker ending but i didn't feel like i was going to get it the way it yeah. ended i'm kind of fine with it i just wish it was a bit more ambiguous the way it ended was my biggest problem like the movie i mean it's too like hopeful and boring and hollywood and ugh. but <laughs> most most of m night's movies do have kind of a hopeful ending yeah but so i didn't I want of... that so <laughs> me too <Sorry>. but... <laughs> like... i just didn't want that <laughs> I, I do yeah. I do prefer the ending of the book, but, like, it's fine what we got. Yeah, it's still a good movie. I just think that it would have been a better movie with that violence there and with that ending there. Yeah, I kind of wish he took more risks. 
in that regard like yeah don't be afraid to give us some darker stuff and not completely sugarcoat it all you yeah. know i i kind of agree what the kid dies in the book doesn't she and it's just the two parents that survive but like yeah. it's it, yeah. yeah well apparently she gets like accidentally shot and so the sacrifice doesn't yeah. count or whatever yeah so that is uh i wish they included that in the movie but that's just totally not a hollywood thing to do yeah. so they wouldn't I it was mean, never gonna happen but it would have been great i mean he killed kids in the happening yeah. so that's true but maybe they didn't want him doing that again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What was the twist in this movie then, if any? I think the only real twist is that they were the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but like you could get that anyway. Well, I mean, right. I didn't I didn't really gather that up until they said it and then I was like, "Oh, yeah, well that makes sense now." Yeah. So like like which I also didn't like how they had to explain that to us right away. Like, I didn't like that he either. He represents this. She he represents that. Like, yeah, like we could have pieced that together ourselves i kind of knew already they were that but i guess i needed it i was too small brain at that point (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know we are simply smarter Um, than you yeah fair enough i don't know i mean overall it was well done well done little thriller with the ending like i kind of wanted to be it to be more ambiguous than that like he goes on in life like not knowing whether or not he made the right choice to kill his husband you know i think that would have been more interesting to do but obviously you know hollywood film you kind of have to wrap it up in a neat little bow he was kind of the one yeah. that i wanted to survive the least though honestly he was really annoying me yeah i know like I he was like making him. the dumbest was... decisions ever and i was just like dude shut the fuck up and just listen please yeah he was just very he was such a hothead and like kind yeah. of just like not fun to watch but and i understand after you get the backstory of why he's so angry and defensive you know i get it like he got beat up in a bar because he was gay and all that it's not like much of a incentive for me to actually care about him no me neither i was just like yeah Yeah, like that's shitty and all but like you're kind of just being a dick right now and like maybe it's good (laughs) if you do listen to what's going on and stop doubting everything no but the 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 thing with it was like he thought it was a hate attack just because it was rupert grint and i think that's sort of understandable yeah yeah but like they kill him sacrifice him basically and like after that it's like you know why would you continue thinking that it was something to do with him they're quirky fellas yeah I just, I just wouldn't. I don't know why <laughs> he kept. Quirky yeah, they're quirky fellas. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You've explained it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, his character really did annoy me the most too, honestly. But I thought he was fine. It didn't, yeah, it didn't ruin it for me. It didn't ruin it, but and not even the ending, like me wanting to be darker. That didn't even ruin it either. I think what all honestly, the only things I didn't need was like the flashbacks with the the couple. Yeah, like. Oh, they're yeah. at their parents' house. Like, what does this have to fucking do with anything? Like, it really doesn't. They could have cut it. It's just that sort of like a little like interlude between all of this shit, you know? That's all it really It's just felt a like. backstory. Yeah, backstory, I guess, but it just like brought the movie to a halt every time those scenes came up. I was like, I was really into the scene before and now I don't care about this. It sort of felt like it was just like, you know, let's give you this scene where you're all like really tension filled and stuff and then we'll cut to this scene for a bit and then we'll go back to that scene so that it's not like all tension all at once. It's like, that's kind of just lazy. It could have been tighter. I suppose. Yeah, that's true. But overall, still a good to great movie. I I gave it an eight out of 10 after watching it and I'll stand by it. I'm around a seven right now. I don't know quite yet, but yeah roughly around that i would say yeah I'm, I'm a solid seven i really enjoyed it well we gotta get our damn rankings out of the way now finally rankings and then listener questions oh boy you've each watched how many again just so we can do the ranking properly Ten. like back and forth i've watched 10. 11 
I'll do my 13, then my 12, and then my 11, then Keelan does his 11, and then we all do our 10s, and then back and forth, I guess. I 13, dead last, I have After Earth. I really think it's that bad. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, <laughs> let alone M. Night's worst movie. So just don't watch it. It's just super boring. And then at 12, I have The Last Airbender. It was the worst for a while until I rewatched, or until I did watch After Earth, so... And then at 11, I have Lady in the Water, because I simply just don't remember anything about it. It's just forgettable. Maybe it would jump higher if I rewatch it, but I just do not feel like rewatching that. My number 11 is Last Airbender, because I just remember violently hating it as a <laughs> 10-year-old. My 10, I have Old. It's very enjoyable. I, I don't know, it just doesn't have the happening, that happening magic. At, for the so bad it's good m night it just kind of has more bad than good yeah but it does have enjoyable moments it's still a solid six. Oh, my 10 is the visit i did not like it at all i fucking despised it there's very little things i liked about it it was just boring yeah my 10 dead lost is the visit i really yeah. really don't like it at all <laughs> i think it's a piece of shit and i wish it was better but it's not so yeah no all right sorry no <laughs> My number nine, Glass. Even though I really liked it on rewatch, uh, I, I know what he was trying to do. It's just, you know, still, still number nine. It's not that great, but it's still pretty good in my mind. My number nine is also Glass. Well, I hate it. You kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We have it nine for different reasons. But um, yeah, no, it just kind of, it's unnecessary. It just kind of sort of fucks up the mythology of both Split and Unbreakable. Just missed opportunity. My number nine is also Glass. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Look at that. Just a colossal misfire. It's not like totally horrible or anything like that, but it's, yeah, certainly not good, I don't think. At number eight, Knock at the Cabin. I still gave it an eight out of ten, so like, <clears throat> that tells you, I guess I'm just an unapologetic, like, M. Night sheep you know like I'll, I'll love almost anything he does yeah i mean it, it was a great movie uh i knew it would kind of fall in the middle for me i knew it wouldn't be one of his best but it's far from his worst i don't know if it has much rewatch value honestly but it was a good little thriller my number eight is the village hope i like it more in rewatch but at the moment i like a lot of it but it just falters at the end my number eight is old fun bad in many places but like i said the half of it is just bad bad i think okay number seven i have the visit oh, <laughs> look boy. it was better it was better my third time third time's a charm <laughs> it really worked so so then my number seven is knock at the cabin just like a very very solid fucking thriller my seven is also knock at the cabin it's a good yeah. movie it's a good movie. I wish it was better. I wish it took more risks, but regardless, it's still really good and entertaining. It's a good thriller. At number six, I have The Happening. <laughs> almost top five M. Night. Almost. I can't say it's objectively a good movie, whatever, but it was just a fucking fun time. So number six. My number six is also The Happening. Just one of the best so bad it's good <laughs> movies of all time. There's nothing I don't love about it. My number six is also The Happening. <laughs> I kind of figure that. Oh no, six, six, six. And then like oh. nine, 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 which is upside down. Yeah, six. that's old, oh, dude. That's weird. Oh. oh my god, we're cursed. We're gonna be cursed. <laughs> yeah, The Happening yeah. is like so much fun. One of the most perfect, so bad it's good movies I've seen. We're in the top five now. I've got The Village. 
love it. It's a great movie. I really want to rewatch it because it's not as fresh in my mind. So who knows if it could have jumped up a bit higher, but it's definitely top five M. Night. I don't think that's ever going to change. Disregarding Split, it was his last golden years movie. My number five is old. I fucking love old. <laughs> <laughs> I like it more than happening. <laughs> old is kind of a special movie to me, and I think I'll always love it. My number five is The Village. I, I think it's really, really special. The last 30 minutes is a bit off and on for me, but it's such a great movie, and I love the relationship between the main two, and the acting is incredible, so yeah. Number four, I have Split. It is his last amazing movie that he's done. And I hope that he reaches these heights again, but I don't know if he ever will. Uh, but I have hope. I have hope that he can. Because like I said, Servant is amazing, so he's still got it in him. He just needs to put that into movie form. My number four is also Split. <laughs> Split's just fucking... It's it's great. There's, there's not much I don't like about it. It's just like such a fucking great and inter- interesting thriller with such a neat concept, great characters. And James McAvoy's performance is one of the best that Shyamalan has brought out of an actor. Number four is also split. <laughs> Everything you said times two. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great fucking movie. Well, my number three, Unbreakable. I have it number three. It's amazing. It's a it's a masterpiece for sure. One of his three perfect movies. I I just hope that he can reach these heights again. Honestly, my number three is the Signs. Signs is great. Very happy I watched it. Very happy I loved it as much as I did. There's not a lot I didn't like about it. Really great performances by Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix. Shot really well. Score was fantastic. My number three is The Sixth Sense. Just because it doesn't have like as much emotional attachment to me as like the others, but rewatching it today, it's just so so fucking good i didn't expect it to be as good on a rewatch but it is it's just a perfect movie well number two i have the sixth sense i don't know it was really tied unbreakable and uh, sixth sense they could go just fucking either way the twist being so groundbreaking and like you know iconic is what like nudges it up a bit more to the second spot i mean they're both perfect so my number two is also sixth sense i'm very happy that the twist being ruined for me didn't affect my experience very emotional film very terrifying at times Haley joel osmond tony collette bruce willis they're all fucking great it's a classic for a reason my number two is unbreakable a movie i love so very much and like i said it's very interchangeable with number one but it's still i i think it is yeah in second place because many different reasons <laughs> uh, but yeah unbreakable is a fucking masterpiece i love it everything about it just works so well for me i think it's perfect number one signs oh i just oh it's not only my favorite m night movie but it is one of my favorite movies of all time for sure it's just every time i watch it 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 just reminds me of why it's so close to me for me it is the pinnacle of m night's career it's everything great about his movies put into one and with an amazing cast on top of it yeah signs is just top tier peak M. Night, in my opinion. My number one is Unbreakable. One of my favorite films of all time. Easily top five superhero films of all time. Such a unique film. Everything about it just fucking clicks with me. It's a very special movie to me, and yeah, fucking love Unbreakable. Could watch it constantly. And my number one is Signs. Yes, indeed. It's just a perfect movie through and through. I think it's amazing. The acting is fucking unreal, and the entire concept and the writing and the directing, everything just works perfectly for me. I love it. That's it. There we go. We fucking did it. There's our ranking. There's our ranking. Let's just get right into 
Listener questions! Okay, starting with the two questions that you got from moving underscore 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 pictures. Do any of you ever feel religious undertones in M. Night's work? In every single yeah, one of those movies. About that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not completely Especially like... signs. It's not completely like shoved in your face all the time or anything like that, but yeah, they're there. Even signs, which has the most obvious undertones. I mean, the dad is literally like a priest, but it's not... Yeah, it's done so well to where it doesn't like shove it in your face, like you said. Is there any, also from Julia, anything specific in filmmaking that you love that feels like only M. Night can do? Oh. That is... Anytime there's a movie twist in a movie, I can't help but think of M. Night, you know, because he's like the twist guy. So not saying he's the only one that can do that, but he's like the king, I guess. I don't really know. There's <laughs> yeah. not like too many director trademarks from him that I find like extremely positive because like a big I mean, director like, trademark that I think of is his dialogue and it's not positive. But just also his ability to like weave in things about faith and family and like especially the family aspect but also like the mystery and the unknown like he brings in all of those aspects with all of his movies there's elements of eeriness to some of his movies that i think like not a lot of other directors can do as well yeah he brings a lot of humanity to stories that done by any other director or writer wouldn't have them with pretty much every film of his i watch it and i don't think m night is a bad director because like he has so much vision that like he can make even parts of shit movies like really interesting you're definitely right about the humanity part like his films always have even if they're good or bad they always feel like they have a heart to him he's good at that all right these next two questions are from my mom uh, <laughs> at follow francie on instagram she asked i love how he plays a small role in his films any other directors do the same well hitchcock did david lynch does it in twin peaks i was just thinking of favorite directors that i like went straight to gaspar no for some reason and remembered him in love and then i'm like oh god <laughs> gaspar no one loved that uh, holy shit yeah what the fuck <laughs> but i don't think any director has done it as consistently as m night you know like i can't think of a director that shows up tries to show up in each of his movies her other question was, what is one of your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies and least enjoyed? I guess we already answered that. And she added on that The Village is her favorite and Old is her least favorite. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. From movies that don't suck, does M. Night need to switch up his style since he's so hit or miss? No. I think his style carries most of either. I think he has switched up his style, like, to an extent, because all the different things he will do. Like, he's done an Avatar movie, like, horror movies, and then, like, just all sorts of variety, honestly. I think he needs um, to stop shoving twists in there when they don't fit. That's true. I feel like he needs to serve the story rather than just shoving a twist in there. Yeah. From Brian underscore is underscore nerd. <laughs> I loved Knock at the Cabin. The twist of there being no twist. Brilliant. <laughs> well, there kind of was. That's true. And that whenever M. Night does no twist, then people are going to say that was the twist, him not doing a twist. So he's always going to be the twist guy. He's I forever guess, yeah. cursed with the twist guy. From Campo.reviews, he has two questions for us. What's the first M. Night movie you remember seeing? Talked about that a bit. I think Sixth Sense. Uh, 
I think. Last Airbender. And Signs for me. It's the last Airbender. <laughs> uh, his other question was, what's the worst M. Night movie and why? Last well, I Airbender. I guess he talked about what it was. The visit. <laughs> I do not After like Earth, because it's so boring and the effects are terrible and the performances are the worst I've ever seen. And the story sucks, too. I may agree if I watch that, but for now, it's the visit. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, from All Right So Reviews, is M. Night the modern Hitchcock? He was for a while. He was at the beginning of his career, but not really anymore. Yeah, not anymore, yeah. really. Yeah. I think movies have gone in a very different direction like since Hitchcock. Like Hitchcock was so long ago now. It doesn't feel like it's translating over as much because like a lot of his like ideals and all that stuff like has sort of been done to death now i don't think yeah. that m night is the modern hitchcock i think m night is a icon in himself i Quite think he icon. started off kind of feeling like the modern hitchcock and then he became his own thing i can't compare him to any other director last question from lulu reviews do you consider some of his films so bad they're good or just bad yes yeah yeah yeah, the happening is so bad it's good. Old is that old. to an extent. Mm-hmm. The visit's just Agreed. bad. <laughs> I think, yeah, After Earth and Last Airbender are just bad, and Happening Old are so bad it's good, and then he's made masterpieces, so. Yeah. He's the only director to make literally fucking masterpiece, unwatchable, he's made so bad it's good. Everything. He's done everything. He's all over the place. That's what's that's so interesting him. about him. And on that note, it's time to wrap. <laughs> yeah we gotta wrap up it is dark out oh my god we got to uh thank our patrons before we forget uh thank you to kath.reviews kath thank you for being a patron for this long love you thanks kath we appreciate it and thank you to julia moving underscore 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 pictures we appreciate that as well and sarah's popcorn chat can't forget sarah thank you so much thanks for being a patron and ardor film Amy, thank you very much. You got to do it this week. Yes. (laughs) Thank you very much for being a patron for this song as well. means a lot. And thank you, Liam's mom, Luna (laughs) underscore 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 Pearl, for being a patron too. Thanks, mom. It helps us out. Yeah, and thank thank you all of you guys because it helps us be able to get the artwork done, honestly. Like, it it helps with a good chunk of the artwork. It really does. And thanks to all the people who keep listening as well. You guys are never getting any of my money fair enough do you want to maybe like just talk about the other monetary stuff we had going well do you want to explain the one dollar patron thing I oh i mean the, the other thing the one on patreon oh. was just like we've put on like a one dollar one on there now so if you're like someone who's on a budget or doesn't want to like pay that much <laughs> then you can go ahead and do that if you like yeah the other ones are just like three dollars five dollars and ten and twenty and all that shit yeah. but this one is just a nice little one dollar if you want to support the show every little bit counts also if you check in the description of both the podcast or each episode that we do go to the very bottom of that description you'll see a link to anchor saying if you want to support the show i think it allows you to just give a one-time donation so you don't have to subscribe or anything uh if you just want to give a one-time donation and you'll of course be thanked on the show for that so oh yeah we appreciate all of you appreciate you to death yeah you can find me at views by quinn on instagram letterbox music board goodreads serialized that's about it just check the link tree and where can they find you keelan it's letterboxed (laughs) 
<laughs> What's Just your handle? Only underscore shallow. That's my handle. I also have music board. I think it is also only underscore shallow. And you can find me at Movies Music Me on everything. Go to the link tree, YouTube, Instagram, music board, serialized, letterboxed. The, the podcast has a TikTok now, by the way. It does, yeah, that's true. We need to mention that. So all of that shit will be in the description. Just go to the link trees or whatever. And don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify. We would appreciate yes, that very much. Please. Right. Well, with that being said, alright, bye everybody. Bye. And Goodbye. Peace out, bitches. Woo!